Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, I'm Oh, oh, yeah, we'll just cut it out. Bob, because, hey, nah, nah, this, this will get out somewhere. <laughs> you know what it looks like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, you're like, woo, jokes, in it? <laughs> just fucking with you. <laughs> I was just fucking with you, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, listen, we got bad jokes, in it? And I know you're listening, babes. I love you. I love you. I bet. You're now listening to the Three Shots of Tequila podcast with Marvin Abbey, Mr. Exposed, and Taser Fucking Black. Uh, what's happening, people? Welcome to episode 317 of the Three Shots of Tequila podcast with myself, Marvin Abbey. Who else you got in the studio? Mr. Exposed and Taser Black. And we've got a very, very special guest in the studio, legend. Can you ask me your name where you're from, brother? It's me, DC Dwayne Chambers, bro. Man like, you know. Yeah. Right? North London, born, Archway. Partington Close, N19, 3DZ. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's the old postcode, you know? No, no. So you know man don't live there, no? No, no. I've moved away. <laughs> so I was going to go there and lock the door, you know? You can't find me there. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I do it with us. Nah, 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 nah. Not no more. So let's 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 kick it off, man. So the funny thing is, I spoke to my brother Matthew in it, and we have a lot of similar interests. And I was like, "Yo, Dwayne Chambers is coming in the episode." And it was like Dwayne. I was like, "Yeah," and we were talking about it. And mm. We were like, in regards to athletics, at one point in time, there's certain names you remember mm. or that were poster boys. And like you're one of the poster boys. Like mm. when you think about Linford Christie, think about Colin Jackson. Um, Darren Campbell Darren, Not in a rude way Like let me not part Darren Campbell But it's like Because it Remember you think about Like sprinters That looked a certain way And because Dwayne was kind of hen, Yeah yeah The gold yeah. too yeah. You know what I'm saying Like it was, it was like man them You were like It was oh, hen in it So you remember Linford Christie Obviously um, Colin Jackson Then obviously you got like The white people like Redgrave um, People like that But I remember Dwayne So when the thing happened with the doping and I was, mm. it was a shock because it was like, rah, what's happened? Because I didn't, I was young when it happened. I didn't, I didn't remember what exactly was going on, mm. but I knew something had happened. Do you know what I'm saying? So we can just start with that. I mean, in terms of like, or even let's just start with your background first in terms of how you got into athletics and then we'll get into whatever after. Well, I can illustrate, I was born in North London. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with my mum, stepdad and two younger sisters. Um, didn't really see my dad much. And that's a typical story here amongst most blacks. So my dad was around, but weren't really around. So I spent a lot of time being the despondent stepchild because me and my stepdad didn't get along. Okay. So I guess every time he saw me, he saw my dad. So I grew up in a very hostile environment. Yeah. Uh, we got broke up, like battered for everything. I'm more so from my stepdad and not my, my dad. Yeah. So situations arose many occasions where my dad would come around and say, does he hit you? And I had to say, no. You don't want to cause. <sighs> so I'd done it A, to defend myself, protect myself, but also my mum and my sisters. So I just knew if that happened, the backlash on me and my mum would just be long. I just didn't want to go through no more physical abuse at yeah, the time. Yeah. So I built up a coping mechanism for myself to just lie. So... That went on for a number of years and I just got to a stage I was like, as you get older, you think you know, and I'm talking, I'm what, 16, 17. You think you know it all. So I just said to my mum, look, I'm leaving. Which was hard for me to do because I wasn't ready for the big world. But at the same time, I realised me and him, my stepdad weren't getting on and I wanted to move on. 
So I eventually moved out. Um, but during this time, I started to build up a slight name for myself on the tracks, like running. So my career picked up, picked up at Findy Park. And my only saving grace was my coach at the time, Selwyn Philbert, who would religiously come and knock on my door and say, come to training. That was my only way out the door. Mm. So my parents would not allow us out. They were too embarrassed of, my stepdaughter said, no, but I bring no police out my yard. Like, yeah. I had to deal with that. All the time. Yeah. All of that. So you kind of get annoyed by it because we never, ever learned. We never had parents sit down and talk to us and teach us life. Mm. We were just always taught the harsh way of dealing with stuff. Mm. Yeah. So that in itself, without me realizing, built up a, a chip and a resistance on my shoulder. Without me realizing, I was just turning to Bruce Banner. Just angry all the time. So hence when you're talking about how I used to look angry and yeah, aggressive. That. Yeah, I was yeah. always screwed because I was just always in an angry mode. But I couldn't see my, the reflection. I just yeah, didn't yeah. ever look in the mirror to see how I was looking. So as I got more and more angry, my stepdad and aggressive, I moved out, but my career started to pick up. So I'm telling you this because it's going to put it into perspective. So as my career was picking up, my past was coming to meet me. So I became more and more popular on the track. Started to win races, started to get a little bit more popular. And before I knew it, I'd gone from being a kid locked in his room for years. Like when my stepdad would come home, my mum would say, Cop says he's coming, he's coming. We'll go and hide, me and my sisters. So there was a lot of that. And before I knew it, within two years of me, my coach coming to effectively rescue me um, from the torture of our house, um, I became the fastest kid in the world. Yeah, so that's like 99, isn't it? Championships. So think about the whole planet, there's 7 billion people. I was the fastest person on the planet. That must have been just insane. So you go from nothing to that. There's no, there's been no prep. There's been no education on money. Nothing. How do you deal with the media? I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It also got to a stage where I was earning more money than my parents. So I wasn't having conversation with them about money management. I've gone from doing paper rounds, earning what? Two pound to earning over 200 grand a year. So when I see a lot of these young footballers and all this dough and they're just spending it and just going wild, I get it because no one's there to kind of educate them because mm. they're being surrounded by people who are poorly educated themselves. Yeah. And a bunch of yes men as well. Yeah, and that yeah. too. So, and everyone's trying to please everyone. You know, everyone wants to just jump on the bandwagon. When someone's rich and famous, they just want to jump on what they got. So fortunately, I had, you know, a lot of my young friends that grew up in the manor, Face, Gally, Davis, a couple of my boys that, I've been there lifelong. So when I was nothing, they were there. When I was something, they were there. When I dropped down and was buried alive, they were there. Mm. So that would be my bona fides to the END. But I eventually got to a stage where I was earning more money than I could handle. And then obviously agents get involved. Solicitors get involved. And then you're not thinking for yourself no more. You're just doing things to please other people. Now I'm talking retrospectively and bringing you back because the person I am now, if I ever got the opportunity again, and I would say if, when I get the opportunity again, I'll be smarter with what I do. Yeah. So I'm heavily into educating my kids. So whenever opportunities come in, money comes in the house, I put my conversations on loudspeaker so they can hear the conversation that we're having. Because mm. whenever money was spoken about in our house, get out of the room. Yeah. Mm. This is not for you. This is grown people's business. But if I was involved in the room, I would have been a lot more wiser. Yeah. 100%. So obviously... People with their motives and objectives came in, started to manage my money. I'll be earning this. When I need this, this is gone. 
So I'm saying this just openly, but I'm not pointing any fingers. So things would just start going missing. Then understood when you're in that world, managers do what they've got to do to earn. You're just the puppet. They pull the strings. When they say jump, you jump. Wherever you go, they say go, you go. So I didn't understand that at the time. So again, I started to progress in my career. And along that way, there was more fame. There was more women. There was more drugs. There was more alcohol. All that comes part and parcel with it. Yeah. And if you're not educated enough or have the right voice talking to you, mm. you're just going to crack on, which is what I did. Now, don't get me wrong. Along the way, I had a good set of people around me, like Mike McFarland was one of my bonafide coaches that I'm still very good with. He was Commonwealth champion at the time, Commonwealth medalist at the time. So he was, at the time, the only black role model that was trying to do his best to support me. But now I've become an adult and I saw the struggle he was going through. He was doing his best to support himself and his family. So I was a pathway for him to get himself back up the ladder. He may criticize me for saying this, but I may have been a way out, you know, to help him. But I didn't think about it that way. I was just looking at myself. This is where I want to go. This is what the agent's telling me I've got to do to get there. And whereas Mike, my father, my coach was telling me, Dwayne, do this, do this. He was that silent voice that really I should have been listening to. But because everything was loud, I was just following the noise. Nowadays, I listen to that silent voice. When I hear that man say, Dwayne, I pause and I listen. Now I can't take too much noise and I'll I'll pull back from it. Mm. So lo and behold, I, again, just became more and more successful, winning more championships. I think what stemmed, what was the building blocks to my success was I was, I always get told this phrase, are athletes born or made? Yes, I was born in um, Elfwood Estate, Partington Close, but I was made in my bedroom. And what I mean by that is I would spend summer holidays. You know, summer holidays were six weeks long. I was in my room. My stepdad would not let us out. So I spend weeks, days, weeks, hours just watching out the bedroom, watching my friends run up and down, gallivant. I wish I was free like them. So I got, my career was built in my room. So I would have on my walls, see all these images you got, I would have, catalog pictures or newspaper articles on my wall of Liverpool Christie icons that I would watch whenever I got to see them on TV and I'd say, I want to be them. And I'll study these pictures over and over just purely because they're on my wall. Mm. So I had cars that I wanted, people I wanted to see, houses I wanted, places I wanted to go. And it was just a big A5 paper, um, a one of those big posters, big image like this here. Mm. And it was on my wall. So I would study it day after day, year after year, week after week. Until lo and behold, everything I saw in my image, I got. I was able to see Linford. I was able to see Carl Lewis. I was able to see all these icons that I'd viewed. All the cars I wanted, I got. The houses I wanted, I got. The places I wanted to visit, I, I was able to do so. So that showed to me the power of vision without me realizing it. I just got, once I became free and was able to do my own thing, I got distracted by everything else. And that vision wall got crumbled up and put to one side. And then that was the demise of my career because then I started to doubt myself. And as a result, decisions were made that cost me my career. When you, when you, started to cut, when you say doubt yourself, yeah, was there a moment? Like, did you lose a race? Did you feel like you started a race that you didn't give it your all? Like, what made you... 
make that transition into, all right, cool. There's something I need to do here besides what you were doing before. Growing up as a teen, I won all my junior races. I won all my, pretty much all my senior races. So I had never lost. Okay. I didn't know what losing felt like. I know what loss felt like in my room and not having the privileges. But in terms of when I gave the effort and I didn't get the reward, to me, that was a failure. And I didn't know how to handle that. So when I go back to, when I was talking about reverting back to my family, when I wanted to talk about something, we got beaten for it. So we got beaten for telling the truth. We got beaten for lying. So I didn't know where I stood. So when it came to having constructive conversations with people, like my coach, and saying, Dwayne, you're doing well. Lo and behold, I was what, 18, 19? I'm finishing fourth in the world, you know, going up against Maurice Green and Donovan Bailey, those top notches. Yeah. They've been doing this for years. So yeah. me coming along and finish fourth, I'm like, no, nah, that's not good enough. I should have been third. Now the drive is good, but the way I handled it wasn't. Yeah. And I wasn't open to sitting down and conversating about it. So this is where things start to go wrong for me. So I took my life into my own hands. I said, right, I want to know what the Americans are doing. And the moment I opened that door to that form of curiosity, my career was done without even me realizing it. So I spoke to my agent at the time. Lo and behold, by this time, I was the second highest paid Adidas athlete. So David Beckham was the top notch Adidas athlete at the time. I was the second highest paid athlete behind him at the time. So I was earning silly money. So it no longer became about the money because I didn't care about that. I was more concerned about if I want to win, I'm winning. Now, where I want to make this quite important is I want to win at all costs. What I've learned now, whenever I go for a goal, I'm very specific about it. And if anything that comes into my realm that isn't part of my plan, I now reject it. Whereas at the time I said, I want to win at all costs, which meant Anyone can come in and offer me something. If it means drugs, if it means this, if it means that, I left myself open to all that coming in and I'll consider it. What's the saying in terms of like, um, losing, not losing your soul, there's like a saying when they say about the devil losing your soul in terms of in order for you to gain, you're willing to lose your soul Correct. at that time. Whereas Correct. now, in order for you to gain, you wouldn't lose your soul. No. That makes sense. So. No. So with that, obviously in hindsight, you learn. But I had to fall in order to realise what life is about and where mm. I want to go. So I always say to you, you learn more by losing than you do by winning. So I encourage loss. I encourage discomfort. I encourage pain and boredom because you learn from it. If everything's handed to you, then you're not going to know how to struggle to get back up. Mm. And that's one thing that makes certain people in society, especially blacks, and all, in fact, all walks of race, um, quite resilient. We've had it hard. But because we've had it hard, it doesn't mean our life is difficult. We just got an armor about us that can deal with all those hard blows and difficulties mm. and disappointments in life. So it doesn't bother me. So my luck could have easily turned around in the sense that, yeah, I've had all this stuff done to me and I could moan and be miserable about it. But I thought, no, we all go through it. We all go through it. Some people just choose to handle it differently. But it's, it's funny you say that because I remember when I was growing up and I was playing football, I remember a lot of the people that I played football with that were like sick that were like at pro clubs at a young age and everyone was like, you're going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. They weren't because they were so used to batting up every kid. Yep. They'll play football, running through 10-man top corner, but then when they got to the level where people started to get bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. started go. to equal out, 
they couldn't handle it because they were so used to always cutting through that when mm-hmm. they couldn't cut through no more, they were like, I don't get how I'm not cutting through. Yeah. And then you started seeing people that were like standard or like people thought, yeah, he was all right, going past mm-hmm. these people because they had the mindset where they, they didn't have it from them. Yeah. So because <clears throat> so, you never lost, when you said, was it fourth fastest in the world? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like the, the ones above you were taking drugs? So I wasn't sure what was going on. I just looked at them. I thought, you ain't better than me. That was my mentality. So rightly or wrongly, it, it's what drove me to be the best. I was never intimidated by anybody. I just thought, you're a human just like me. I'm just going to train harder than you, be smarter than you, do things better than you. However, I didn't have the infrastructure or the support. Or I had it, but I rejected it. So I thought, right, let me just pack my bags and come off the M25 and go down this little side road here. Yeah. Right now, my M25 was taking me to where I was going to really be going, but I chose to just pack up my things. Might and, be quicker over there. Exactly. You know, I mean, a better route. I thought, let me just turn off here and go down that road. Go to a quick service on. station. Yeah, I went for a quick service station. Got a pizza and the pizza was tasted good. So I said, all right, let me go and see what these Americans are doing. So I went over there to Miami. This was late. 2001. By this time, I've still been finishing fourth in the Olympic Games, fourth in the World Championships. Doing good. Sponsors were happy. Managers were happy. Everyone was good. I was earning money. As far as I'm concerned, if we want gold, it doesn't count. It don't count. So this is after you won the European Championship? Or before? I'd won a couple of Europeans. So I'd times with me and Darren Campbell, but when it came to the major, major senior European Championships, this is where things start to unfold. So 2001, I'd gone to Edmonton in Canada, finished fourth or fifth in the world. I'd still been running under 10 seconds, more than any other Brit at the time. I think the only Brit that had run more sub-10s than me was Linford, and he was an icon in himself. But I was next in line. I wanted to go straight to the top. 2001, I said, right, I'm going to go to America. So I went there. And then, lo and behold, I'd seen athletes had watched on TV, some icons, and I'd never seen them before. I'd just seen them on TV. And I just got a bit fan struck. So I went and shook their hands and chatted to them. And there was this one athlete called Tim Montgomery. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's another American. Um, <laughs> we were rivals, but we were cool. As far as I'm concerned, we were cool. But I didn't realise at the time that he was on the same program as me. He was on the same program as I was about to go on. Okay. Well, I mean the program, I mean performance yeah. enhances. I didn't know. I didn't know what I had stepped into yeah. mm. when I got off that plane in America, in Miami. Yeah. The facilities were amazing, but I didn't realise that this was something else. It weren't for me. Yes, he's the guy that got caught with Marion Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realise... That a coach? He's no. an athlete. Athlete. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Remember Mario Jones? Um, no, I remember. Oh. I remember she got called, but I think that was with her boyfriend or husband. Yeah, she used to go up with some guy called CJ Hunter. Yeah. Shot put her or yeah, 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 yeah. They then, I guess, separated and then she got with Tim O'Grammer. When, so. when, when she got caught, she she tried to blame, she puts the blame on my man a bit though on a sly like She was like, boy, he's like, where me, though? I'm going to talk about something similar it like that him. as well. After, but yeah. That, that yeah. one hurt me as well because I fancied her still. Kind of like, <laughs> I married her. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, she was <laughs> took the time. Time. So, She was, she was. She was the queen of track at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was so queen. When I saw her, I was like, rah, it's really her. Like that's why she was, I was just starstruck. So I thought, right, I want to be like them. 
as far as I'm concerned, they're winging, they're doing their thing, they're running fast, and there's no drama. Yeah. So two twos, I must have been there in Miami for about, we had planned to be there for like, I don't know, two months. Me and my friend. So then I saw them, and then all of a sudden, this guy came out of the woodworks. And you, we always got told this story when you're, we were young athletes. Be careful of guys that walk around with brown paper bags that always got something in there for you. So I was like, what's all that about? Lo and behold, poof, like a genie, my man popped up. And he goes, Dwayne, I've been looking for you for a long time. I said, what do you mean? I don't know who you are. And he goes, no, I got, you know, you're a good athlete. I've got my eye on you. I think I can take you from being number five in the world to number one in the world. Me, I was like, what is it? You're like, whoa. So that was, again, me putting out, getting there at all costs. Yeah, yeah. He picked up my signal. You know the ones when you're thinking about something like, wow, just thinking about you and they text you? He picked up my mental WhatsApp. Yeah. He picked it up. So again, I'm very careful with what I project because yeah, if yeah. you're looking for bad opportunities, bad opportunities will come and find you. you know what I mean, they will look for you. If you want good stuff to happen, good stuff will take its time, but it will come. Yeah. But bad opportunities come to you quick. Because I've been looking for you. Because I can take it from being number five in the world to number one in the world. And that was like me. I was like, yeah, I'm on it. But did I know what it involved? No. See, guys, I'll tell you what, go and talk to these guys over there. And they'll let you know how legit I am. And cool. So I went and spoke to them. Tim and Grammy weren't too happy about me being part of the group. But as time progressed, I understood what was going on. Is it because you're essentially a threat? So what happened? Because Tim and Victor, the guy who's supplying, them two fell out. I went over to Tim and Tim goes, I said, Tim, what are going? He goes, man, tell that nigga Victor Conte to suck my dick and walked off. You're thinking. I was like, why has he got beef with me for? Mm. Walked off. And I said, Victor, what's, what's going on? He goes, ah. We don't talk no more. So lo and behold, I found out that. So now it's putting, you know, you're thinking, ah, now it's starting to make sense. So he lost him and he's looking for the next culprit. I just so happened to be in the right place at the wrong time. Yeah. Oh, so, it's a, so basically, Tim used to take, but he stopped taking. Mm, like, yeah. So literally, he's with my man over there. Then my man is thinking, cool, I'm not working with him no more. I just so happened to be in the right place at the wrong time. Okay. So I guess my man stopped supplying him. And I was next in line, not realizing that this is. So guys, what you need is pharmacology. I said, what's pharmacology? So at this time, I never had no dictionary to, to look through these things. Yeah. I don't know. And right now, I was just there to impress. I just wanted to be part of the team. So guys, come over to, come over to see me in a few weeks time and we'll talk. So I said, okay. So I just carried on training normal, normal. Got home, went back to San Fran, went and saw Victor and he goes, look, this is the program. When I sat there, I should get a fuck. Life-changing moment. There's no going back from there. And before you already had me from when he said number five to number one in the world, you already had me. It just, it was just giving me time to kind of digest it and think about it. And what I'm kind of, and kind of want it more. And like, yeah, because remember, it's kind of like. He didn't rush for, you into it. Yeah, four to five, because he knew you were going to come anyway. He, he, he saw the look in your eye. He was like, he'll be back. He but, at the, but at the time, did you know what you were doing was wrong? When I started the program, yeah. Oh, you knew? I knew. I knew everything. The only reason I ask is because obviously you've done interviews since. Yeah. And in some interviews you've said you didn't. When I first started this, yeah. that was my lawyer's statement. <laughs> 100%, bro. You're a lawyer. You know, the lawyer, lawyer was, uh, I was paying a lot of money, £350 an hour. So you were advised to say these things? Okay, cool. 
But then I thought to myself, I want to get back into sport. And I can't keep lying. I've lied my whole childhood. Yes, it's, it's, it's and catch up for you, innit? It gets mm. to a point where I don't want to lie no more. It takes but, a toll on you as well. Of course it does. But how was it, ex- how was it explained to you as in like, so for example, like when he presented it to you, because you said it was ph- pharmacology, right? Mm-hmm. So one could assume that it was like pharmacology and you think it's something that's cool to do, but like a new aspect of athletics. Whereas, or how was it explained and how was it introduced and how was it taken or? So pharmacology was the drug, it was THG. So it came in, in drops that you have to take under your tongue. So literally you just get a syringe and you draw out the, the contents of it. Like I just got a syringe and drew it out. Yeah. You take out, I don't know, two mil and you just literally just put it under your tongue. So anytime you're taking any form of painkiller, you put it under your tongue or under your armpit because it gets into your bloodstream quicker. Well, painkiller? Yeah. So if you take paracetamol, you crush it up and let it dissolve under your tongue because it gets into your bloodstream quicker. Otherwise, if you swallow it, it has to go through and everything to come. So you yeah. normally want to hate anti-inflammatories, I just leave it to dissolve under my tongue. Well, under the armpit as well. Or under, um, it depends if it's cream, it gets into your bloodstream quicker. So those are the little methods that we had to use at the, t- at the time. Yeah. I'm not saying this is what they do. I don't know what they do now. So we had to take the clear, which is the droplets, and the cream, I guess that must have been the masking agent. So you rubbed it on your arm. So he explained all this to me. He goes, this is the designer. There are a number of steroids that they have that they know are illegal. So if they see it in your bloodstream, it will match. Whereas ours was a little gray. So it was, it was off-center. So the drug testers would look at it and be like, there's something there, but we don't know because it doesn't match. But it was kind of grey like this. Yeah, because yeah, they only test for particular drugs. So if, they, if something else, you're taking something else. And they don't they know test what it is. For that, yeah, they, they can't it passes. see you as a, as a positive. So I was like, okay, it's designed. We said all these guys are taking it. Lo and behold, there were 29 other people on this program. Wow. So you all might performing at a high level. Yeah. So you have to do your research and figure out. Yeah, yeah. But there were 29 fires burning all over the place. And that's too many fires to have. That's too many fires. Yeah. That's too many fires. Yeah, that's, you, know, you can't control it. You can't control that. And only a matter of time before someone does something too much and that fire goes, Woof! Yeah. And then you're hot. Oh, everything burns. Sorry, just to clarify before you continue. When you said the masking agent, is that so it, the drug goes undetected during the test? Yeah. All right, cool. Just clarify. Yeah. And it's just the cream. This... The, the clear, which you put on your tongue, it shuts down your body's own endogenous system of producing testosterone. And then this was like way more advanced. So when you go in the gym and you bench or you do any form of lift and you get small microscopic tears, your body would naturally repair it and probably build that, a muscle fiber of this size. That's what arguments say. What we were taking, our muscle fibers would be this big. That's why I got so oh, big. So when your body naturally way. produces it, it will, it will repair and the muscle fiber will be this big. When we're taking that, because you know, you know when they say, um, do cardio in the gym, yeah? And then obviously people say, oh, what kind of cardio? And they compare the two types but of cardio. Hit, hit, they say hit and lift, yeah? And then they compare like a marathon, uh, marathon someone who runs mm-hmm. a marathon and all these sprints. Mm-hmm. He's always the picture. Yeah. You see them all the time. <laughs> there was one, there was one picture of Dwayne running and his face was like this. <laughs> The, the, arm, yeah. the quad, quad. was <laughs> The quad was I remember that picture thinking Yo, like, And when I was doing this you know, I never ever looked in the mirror uh, It's only when I was off And I looked back And I'm like Oh the U was wham Nah the U was too big 
Man said the way he got caught because everybody was like, nah, this brother's taking it. Everybody was like, you know, I think you see last year. You know what? You know what the problem is? You know what I'm saying? Great genetics. On top of that, so it's one of those ones where you take a little bit and your body's yeah, like, ooh, swole up. Mm, so it went, swole up. So you know what I mean? So with certain people, it takes them from being okay to yeah, being okay. Up, so you went from being genetically superior yeah, to, to then to you know Goku, I mean? bro. No, really, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's what literally it takes you to then. You know what I mean? In, in terms Another of physique, you know what I mean, God, like levels, because your body's like your body is. At the best it could be, yeah, and, and then you hit that next it. level. Bro, you, you were like Linford Christie on like, because Linford was hench. I remember Linford was like boom, yeah. but then I remember that's what I'm saying. You, you stood out because it was like you but man them. Now nah, what? Linford what cut? No, nah, as cut as him. But when Linford you, at the end of the race, you Linford you do this thing yeah, where sometimes like you know like if he won or lost, we did a little strut where we just walk around. They don't pull the top of it. That's what he's doing, blood. And they'll just walk around. They'll think, ah, allow it, little blood. Peel off the top. But it's actually dope. You know the question you were asking about, you know what I mean? Stuff that they can't detect and so on. It goes on. It's like when with a lot of um, American football players and a lot of players in the NBA, like I think it was only recently where they started testing, you know, for growth. Because remember, they, I think, well, not remember, but. I think they used to struggle because it's like a baseline. Mm. You know what I mean? Where if you don't have someone's baseline, yeah. you, don't you don't know if there's any changes or if there's anything mm. irregular. So remember, when they started, they never used to test. So you don't have anyone's baseline. No. So you can't tell me this isn't what I'm you know naturally, what I mean? yeah. what what I'm naturally yeah. like. So then they'd start getting people's baseline. Then they would just test them, you know what I mean? Throughout the time. And then you're like, ooh, this is just spike. Because when you looked at... And I always used to say this about the Americans. I was like, bro, I know different people in different areas... You know what I mean? Grow, whatever. And I was like, but there's absolutely no reason why they should be that big for no, because I was, you know, when you think of, when you look at the Kenyans and how they are, mm. you're like their climate changes how they are. Mm-hmm. They can run longer. They can do this because of the environment mm-hmm. they're in. Americans were just big and strong. Like, big. there is nothing that you do that warrants how you are. Like, you, how, you know what I mean? People are six foot, seven foot, or whatever. You're like, there is nothing that you people do over there that says, you should all That's look different. like the way mm. that you I know, do. But, but Americans, just remember, a lot of them... Bro, there's a lot... No, growth hormone. Like, especially when you look into athletics and stuff like that, a lot of them were on so many things that it's actually genetic, changed their DNA yeah. through time because they were on so many things before people but, started but even their, these. But even their food, a lot of their food has got, GMO. got GMOs yeah. in yeah. it, like a lot yeah. of it. So when, when, you, when you go to America, like, you just see, like, tall people. Like, it's yeah, mad. There's so many things that have been put into them, their food, their this. Because if you think about, speak of winning, right? When you think of you wanted to win, you wanted to be the best and stuff like that. Americans, from when you are born until you die, yeah, everything revolves around winning. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I Americans like that, are programmed. Still. It's a good thing and a bad thing. Americans are programmed to believe they are the best in mm-hmm. the world. You could be in the worst conditions living in America. You, you're conditioned to believe you're better than anyone anywhere else. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why sometimes you get you know what I mean? Like, you look at Americans that are in terrible conditions, they look down on Africans, they're like, yeah, but your situation's whatever. But then you start to realise that they're just conditioned to believe that. So why are we, we not conditioned? Best. What's the difference with us? Because you see in America, they're like that. Yeah. But over over here, but that's not the, I don't think that's the culture. No, culture, you're right. You know what I mean? Americans, that's how they yeah, dominate. How they when I say even in the world, they're like, the land of the free. Like, when I say they repeat this so much, people start to believe it. Even in instances where you're like, Bro, you, you live in squalor. Like, yeah. you look at people like, you live, you are not free. But they repeat it so much. Where for those people, like, the, the patriotism and stuff, the way even in sports, like, when you look at the way we treat sports over here and how they do it, when you look at college football, college, yeah, you know what, like, you, college football players in America are, you know what I mean, phenomenal they're, they're, athletes. Yeah, yeah they overly believe themselves. Because even rappers over there, like, 
Like, yeah, ain't good, but they just believe that they're Everything, better than yeah. They're conditioned to believe that, you know what I mean, there's no number two. It's only now, yeah, number it, one. you know what I mean? It literally, number two doesn't count over there. You know what I mean? There's no, literally, you are number one. Number two is great and all, but, but nobody cares. But, number one, but, you look at the Super Bowl. Mm. No, but the Super thing is, Bowl, yeah, like, bro, literally NBA, the playoffs, no, whatever but, they but in, do, but everything. But in America, I think, as it, the land of the great, the, it, remember, America's a very flamboyant place. Like, mm. even... For example, if you see a football match here, like people on the vibe of saying, you'll hear footballers say, it's only like a while ago when man used to, if you wore white boots or yellow boots back at people saying, it's too flashy, man. Mm. It's too much. You mm. gotta get the black boots. Whereas when you go to America, like even um, that coach, is it Deion Sanders that's got like, he coaches the Florida um, NFL team. Mm. Before they're coming out, they're coming out to like hip hop tunes. Mm. They're dancing like yeah, they're extravagant. They're proper they're extravagant with it. Like when they come out, like when they win, if someone gets tackled, they're celebrating. Yeah. That's what we do, baby. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And their trash talking is so brother. Yeah. Their trash talking is yeah. their whole, their whole culture being yeah. number one. Mm. You know what I mean? That's literally because think about it. When you look, when you think of a let's look look an American football team. So you have the team. So the team wins, you win. But you can also be the best quarterback best defensive, whatever, you know what I mean? Best linebacker, mm. best, you know what I mean? You could be number one in so many different ways, yeah. you know what I mean? The, when you the sit there, yards you've done, for them, the everything, catches, for them, yeah. so many different ways of being number one. So everything revolves around being number one in some way. So for them, that's literally, and think, and even so for them, yards. like, the incentive, and they count their yards from like the beginning mm-hmm. and, the, and the difference with America and I feel like it's something we should implement here but I don't know how we would do it but, like and everything rolls. They're all millionaires over yeah. there. Yeah, but remember, big, America, America's big, a very big, big place. country, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. even if you look at, for example, like football here, you've got to go to like a team like a Chelsea or Arsenal to be big. Whereas in America, they're looking at you from college. high school. Mm-hmm. Like no and one they weren't making money before because the, they were taking all their money. Now their college football players can keep their money. No, but I'm Once saying, but, a but, but, but no, but no one goes under the radar. As in, like no, no player will be in an American college team and good, and not no one knows. Yeah. Because well, no. you, you'll be like, Taser's the big, big guy at Florida. Right, Dwayne's the big guy at Oklahoma. Keith's the big guy at Chicago. Like, so the teams are already looking at yeah, you, yeah, man. Yeah. Already. I swear they, I swear they even, I swear they even do this thing where, they, um, for example, you're, you're, is it, I don't know how they, is it called first pick or first draft? Yeah, first draft. So, so, they, so they let you know from college that you're, like, you're number one in even, your college. Even, think about it, even the nature of that, literally where you get picked is important. You know what I mean? Think about it for the teams and stuff like that. You have the first draft. So, the you know, when and especially there's the first round of drafts mm. and there'll be the second, second. round of drafts. You, you know what I mean? Your contract changes where you get picked. So you all end up on the same team or whatever, but you get picked in the wrong place. Mm. Your contract isn't even but, no but, more. But the reason I like that is because like, for example, even at the league. Yeah. So for example, if, if, the, if the LA Lakers have won the championship this season, they don't get the first pick because you're the mm. best team mm. of last mm. season. So the team who done the worst, you get the first, first pick. pick. That makes so sense. I'm saying. So it, it kind of helps the league. Like for example, it's like Man United, like Man City winning the league. Like, I don't want to end up with the worst team. But, but, yeah. exactly, but I think a lot of them is just about getting in there. Yeah. Because because remember, if, if you watch that, um, what's it called, um, Malice in the Palace documentary, yeah, yeah. the way they kind of built the team is they started off with one player and then like they, they saw his attributes them. and then so okay, cool, you need. Found another yeah, player. Like Jordan okay, cool. You two, are, you two are good, but you need someone who's going to support mm. the two of you. Mm. So they went and found that player. Mm. And then before you knew it, because they were literally won't on know. course to win. So every team won't know what their final picks yeah. are. Until they you see know what them mean? So play. literally, whoever you pick first then determines the rest mm. of the team, I guess. But even with um, what you were saying in regards to athletics and that, I feel like if, if the UK had America's blueprint a bit more, 
you, I'm not saying obviously doping was happening in America, but you would have been exposed to the limelight a lot earlier. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like here, the way you said it was like, you were running, you were cool, and at the blue, it went from nothing you had to, see the Americans. to something. Yeah. Fine, it's not even, and even when I went there, I took on their culture and my attitude changed. Yeah. My persona changed, my yeah. personality changed. Yeah. Then I started to think like them. Yeah. So when I think about even, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you're not allowed to no celebrate. pun intended. But you're, not even allowed to, yeah, you're not allowed to celebrate here in the No, no, it's not that. It's, no, it's not what I'm saying. But for no example, pun intended. But even you, American personalities on steroids, if you think about everything over yeah, there, yeah. is Yeah, it's amplified. Crazy. No, but yeah. if, for example, if you're in high school, remember, some college games have got like 50,000 yeah. people yeah. stadium. Yeah. And so from a young age, teams that can't get their you're used to exposing that. So I'm saying, so you would have got to a stage where you're like, you're the big man, but you've been a big man from yeah. high school, yeah. college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, but, but to be fair, that has that, that does have its pro and cons. No, it, it does. But I'm saying, for example, but it, it, like the exposure, because remember when you look at certain NFL players or NBA players, like the pressure, it's been there from day. It's not like no, a not, new but, thing. Where but I'm not, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about um, the point I was trying to make is, for example, when you win here, you're not celebrated enough. Yeah, so he wouldn't. So he, so him being number one here, you're not even. We're not even celebrating too much. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not even celebrating you know like I mean? we have a like he's number one. We're just like mm, you have to go over there, but, but get then, a number one, and but, everyone but, sees but, like oh shit. But people want to hear by the way. People want to help like don't, yeah, don't get yeah. too cocky. But, unfor- but unfortunately, like is the elephant in the room is that a black thing or a white thing? Because I see white people that are number one, they get celebrated. Mm. What Stephen Redgrave and man, I don't see any problem with them being number one. I hear like, what you're saying, but one thing when it, I comes will say, to, when it comes to black, it's a bit different. Wait, 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 I, used to, oh, wait, I feel like the British, the British culture as a whole, and this is from you know, what I mean, an outsider's perspective. Because remember, it's something I had to kind of get into. British people in general are very reserved. Reserved, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to make. Conservative as people. That's why I say and we're very PC. Yes, there's very only so PC, much. Very you know what I mean? There's only so much you can do. Before people get uncomfortable, I swear, in general. I swear, I think, how many times has Thing won her her races? Um, is it Paula Radcliffe? Yeah, uh, yeah. How many times did she win? What what was it? Well, she was talking about. She won like one like, mar- like marathon, half marathons, all that. Yeah. yeah, but she was winning like stupidly. Yeah, there was a couple she lost as well. Obviously, I mean, no, I'm just saying, isn't that? But I'm just saying, like that we have a very reserved nature yeah. about us, yeah. and we don't like to gloat. But when we do stand up and be ourselves, people are like, "Whoa, yeah," you know what I mean, and we make Whoa. a statement. So we're all. I think that's. It's been in, ingrained in us from kids to be humble. Mm. Our parents ingrained it from us because we don't want the attention. Because humility mm. is, you know what I mean? Be humble. And, and it be keeps humble, you out of trouble. Humble. And it keeps yes. you out of trouble. But if you stand up above the parapet, you, you get seen. And that's, what I'm saying. and that's why Marvin, uh, you know, back to what you were saying as black people, because think about it, as a black person, especially growing up in this, in you know what I mean, in this country, especially back then, you know what I mean? You don't want to be seen too much. You, you know what I mean? You don't want to cut through. Yeah, it's a culture. So you don't want to be seen mm. too much. When you're seen too much, it's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? The more you do, the more you celebrate, the more people see you. When people see you, people notice you and they pay attention to everything you do and it brings you... And, 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 and it goes both ways. It could be it could be the media and police. Sometimes it could yeah. just be even family. Or even your yeah. peers or your like, peers as well. Sometimes you don't want like, oh, your auntie and your yeah. family's so your asking. Family's just, mm. like, look at the Pogba situation. There you go. But that's what happens, yeah. We're just touching on bare different points. What you just said now is actually sick because the same thing happened with Kevin De Bruyne. So, you know, he uh, was going through like foster home, foster home. And because of that, he had like a disrupted childhood. Mm. So because of that, he just kept quiet. Mm. He just, he, he didn't want to bring attention to himself. Mm-hmm. But he, he knew he wanted to play football mm. and he always wanted to play football. But because of that, mm. they thought he was broken. They're like, why don't you play out? Like, why don't you go join the other kids kind of thing? So the last family that he lived with before he actually uh, yeah. made it in football, they kind of kicked him out. It's like, I, there's something wrong with this guy. We want another child mm. and sent him back. 
sent him back whatever. I think he found another family that actually were more supportive of his football. Then he started killing it in football. They caught wind of it and tried to come back. He was mm, like, bro. what? You look dumb. Yeah. That's why he has the personality he has now. And the reason why I say that is because I've done research into, he posted a, um, a paragraph the other, a uh, couple months ago about Raheem Sterling. And he was like, basically, Raheem is one of my best friends. Mm. But if I paid attention to what the media wrote about him, I wouldn't have gotten to yeah. know him. Because yeah. I'm not that way inclined and yeah. I've seen what the media have written about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took yeah, a liking to him and then all of a sudden I'm like, who are you lot writing about? Because mm. yeah. I know Raheem Sterling. This yeah. is, he's not that guy. Mm. Yeah. And, and that kind of touched me because I'm like, you know what, that's actually sick because he didn't need to say that. Yeah. He didn't need to come out and say that. Do you know what I mean? British media does play a part in how people celebrate their wins. Because mm. you know when you're like, I don't want to get in their radar. Because you know you know how it is. You're like, yeah. you don't want to get on their they radar. Because once, yeah, once they pick up on you. But ultimately, over time, you learn that no matter what they say, that's their opinion. Yeah. As long as when you shut your door, your wife, your kids, your missus, your good. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. When you're young, you're, you want to impress, hot, you want to yeah. earn money, you're hot. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're trending. And at that present time, that's all that matters. But once you kind of get a few knocks and you learn how things work, you kind of realize what matters is just your family and your friends. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna get back to you in terms of so like we got onto the we we'll up onto the part where underneath your tongue, under your, mm-hmm. shot, under your shoulder. So you started basically it. taking the program. Yes. So but how did it unravel in terms of how did it fall apart? I mean, I've been forward, but now let's not let's not speed up. <laughs> like let's see the I, wins. I, I might say what so oh so them so, so, so you so, let me, yeah, so I got into his office now, went back to San Francisco, gone and seen him, said, this is the program, this is what it costs. Hold on, before that, when I was in Miami, I phoned my agent. I knew there'd be a cost with these people. That's where I phoned my agent, I said, um, this guy's offered me drugs. And really and truly, I wish I'd phoned my mum yeah. or my dad, but I didn't have that relationship with them. But Hindsight could have told you that you they might have they would have told me the answer that I don't want to hear. Yeah, exactly. That's they would have told me what I wouldn't want to hear. That's why you wouldn't call that's them. Why I didn't but call sometimes, them. but sometimes a little doubt. You know what I mean? Like you said, you know what I mean. I wanted to know how no, but if I know, went. Yeah, but if I Morpheus know Morpheus and Neo, yeah. Red Bull mm. the Boopoo, I wanted to know how. You know what I mean? But what about your bedrooms from back in the day? In terms of I your bone of them, you couldn't. If I'd called them, they would have been like, "Yeah, do go and do your thing." More than likely, because what they're few younger than me, they they don't know no better. No disrespect to him, but we were young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like you knew that your mum and dad would have said They would have said, Dwayne, come home. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, that's I, why I you didn't call them. That's, yeah, that's why, that's why, why I didn't call them. Yeah, yeah. I knew they would have told me what I didn't want to hear. Yeah. But I wish I did. But if I hadn't have gone and done that, I wouldn't be in this position now. Yeah. I don't know what person I would have become. Yeah. So when I talk about this, I always say that what happened to me was necessary. Yeah. It had to happen to Some me. Some people wouldn't change a thing. But that, 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 when that happened to you, it kind of like... It shone the light because a lot of people didn't know what was going on in terms yeah. of doping, in terms Wait, of athletics. The first one. I was the first one to admit. Yeah, he was the first one. I was the first to come to out. Admit. That's why there, there was no like before. There's always oh I've done this. It was no, contaminated. But ben, no, but Ben Johnson. I remember before you, but Ben Johnson got caught. Yeah, but right. he said he There's admitted. been dozens that get caught. Cool. He admitted. And, and, and okay, okay. I can't talk about my, half of us, myself, on behalf of myself. Mm. But typically, they, they all know what they're doing. Yeah. You don't go into it blindly. Don't get me wrong, there are some rare cases where athletes just get caught up in it mm. and their coaches are probably... The Russians. Doping them without them realising. I get that. It's a lot of state government yeah. organised. But there are rare cases where we know. 
But do you, do you get, for example, so if you come up with an, if you ex, make an excuse, you're like, nah, if the meat I had or I had a cold, I took some flu tablets, whatever, is the the punishment more lenient than, if you, less. Say, than if you say, yo, do you know what, I've done it's it. You less. Know? I should have had a two-year ban. Yeah. When I had my first statement, I didn't know what I was doing. It was a mistake. Two-year ban. Mm. I came back. So I got banned 04, 05, 2004, 2005. I came back 06. Still came at the fastest in Britain and Europe after two years off. So it showed that I didn't need to do what I did, but I had to know. Oh, okay, cool. That makes it would have burnt me more to not know mm. than to, you know, have gone through it. So I'd rather have gone through, I'd like to go through stuff and figure it out. Mm. What was it like when you returned? It was hostile. Hostile in my environment, the track and field world, the athletics world. But outside of that, people were just like, yeah, you're an idiot, but... So in terms of, so you're saying, in terms of your peers, is it like certain people didn't want to talk to you, certain people were just like, move, man, or they were more like, I forgive you, or I, I know you done My it. close boys were just always going to be there, and I was open with them, I just said, this is what I did. And it took me a long time to admit it, because when I got caught, I didn't want to accept what I did. So I spent a lot of time with women around me. I didn't ever sleep on my own. I was too afraid to think. Yeah. I just had women around me all the time. And if it weren't women, it was just all my boys. If it weren't that I was drinking and going out and just acting crazy, but I didn't want to stay on my own. Did you win anything on it? On it, yeah. But I won more off of it. And I was less stressed. Mm-hmm. The anxiety kicks in as well. Because you always think on those things, you're always thinking of getting caught. Don't get me wrong. Once I, start that, once I took that first injection, I had to take EPO and inject my stomach. I was on so many things. I don't know what was working. Uh, or what wasn't, you know. Or what wasn't. Or I you know, know you're was out paying for shit that... I was just taking stuff. It was part of the program. And yes, you referred to me as what was a genetic freak, but I was what's referred to when I was talking to the guy, Victor. I was a, a slow responder. But again, you know, your body's like, your body hit this peak. You so know, your body's like, what more can so we when do? When I say slow responder, we had to, had to go, I spent more time in the hospital than I did training. Just so we could find the right balance for what I was doing. So when I was taking EPO, my hematocrit level, like this is like the limit of where your blood should be. My what, hematocrit what, level was low. What's a, what's, what is hematocrit like, level? People don't know. Is like a, it's like a what sugar level. For, people, for us. Don't say for people that don't so know. Basically, for us, that's that's like, so I have really, really small red blood cells, so I don't carry a lot of oxygen. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So cool. I had to increase the size oh, of okay, my red okay, blood cells. Okay, okay. And which which in turn would attract attach more oxygen cells to it. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not no scientist on this for cameras. So that's what you what, what's people. that like aerobic and yeah. So EPO, if I had to admit anything, I'm not condoning this. But if anything worked, that was the best thing for me because it enabled me to train for longer. Yeah. That's yeah. what Thing was on. Um, or something similar, but it, it does the same thing. Um, Lance Armstrong. Correct. So, <laughs> won it seven times, you know. <laughs> Rage. So my medical was low and I had to get it to <laughs> a higher level so that my oxygen uptake was just on point. Yeah, yeah. So there was a couple of occasions where my hematocrit level went over. Now, if it goes over, there's chances of me blood clotting because my red blood cells would be too thick to go through my veins. So when that started to happen, I started to get fits and I was in and out of hospital. So then we had to reduce my dosage to get it to the right level. Once we got that, then we're like, right, that box ticked. Then we had to fight the right dose for the clearing the cream because if I took too less, it wasn't giving me the stimulus. If I took too much, it was too much. Yeah. So I had to go through that. What did the the cream do, though? I guess it was... Yin and yang, you had to balance it out. 
if I took too much of one, I was going to be too left side. So it balanced it out. So again, I'm not no scientist. I'm just going for what yeah, yeah. my man told me I had to do. So I just said, okay. But again, the moment I took that first injection and took that the clear, that train went a thousand miles an hour and I couldn't get off. I knew I was doing something wrong. But did, yeah. you, but did it feel good? Did, did the winning f- felt good. Yeah. Mm. But my conscience, yeah, yeah, yeah. the person that there's people cheering, hey, you're amazing. And the fans and the money, it was cool. But when I shut my door, I was like, huh, what am I doing? Mm. I couldn't have my friends come around my house. Yeah. So my stuff was in the fridge. Mm. When they come around my house, I had to get all my stuff out of the fridge. Buy a small little fridge, put it in my, my bedroom, hide it in there. When my girlfriend used to come out to move the fridge somewhere else. Yeah, because then you're always thinking someone might find something, someone might find syringes something. Syringes would you get lazy. Yeah. So syringes were all over the place. I was like, I don't want to do this, but it was too late. You're in. I was on the radar. So if I stop now or. And they'll go catch you. They're going to catch me. Because something's going to change. So subconsciously, I was like, but what happens, But if you stop taking it... Well, yeah, everything changes. Everything, I'm, I'm, changes. everything changes, cool, but then it's like, but nothing's in your bloodstream. No, that's with the end. Oh, yeah, of course it is. So, so how long will it stay in your system? For? Um, I was told at the time it stayed in my system for about six months. Jesus. But even so, they didn't know what it was because it was still off, 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 off radar. Six they don't know months. physical changes. If you get really big and then you... Get really and I was huge. You saw. I didn't see how big I was. Yeah. I went from weighing... 88 kilos and I spiked to 92 in the space of six weeks. And I went from squatting 100 and, 130 kilos to 230 in two months. Jump squat for five. Jump squat? I was yep. jump squatting 230 kilos. Virgin spine did it say That's why man. the quads were like the way they were. So man, I was peeling off the top like Linford at the time. Me yeah. number, I, was, I was an animal. <laughs> yeah. And one thing, you know, when you say, you know, when you say you jump from 88 to 92, some people think it's only four kilos. Four kilos of lean mass. Lean muscle. mass. I had no you know body I mean? fat. That's one thing most people don't understand. Yeah, that's not easy. It takes years to build. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just eating nonstop. Yep. I'll go through two pieces easy. I didn't really have a diet. Right, and you weren't even clean. You, don't, you didn't need it. Clean, that's eating. I said clean. I said, I'm eating kebabs. Nah, didn't really. Didn't have a diet. You did, and you I never do because I guess genetically I don't. So is that is that a fair is that a fair argument? Because Fink says it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Ocho Cinco. Like he just ate whatever he wanted. A lot of athletes do yeah. on the TV. No, because yeah. they train. Say, a bit. Yeah. How many exactly. calories you burn? You look at someone like Michael Phelps. And you, I remember one time he was talking about how many calories he was burning every day. You're like, you, you can eat, eat whatever. You just like. eat what you want. There's a balance to it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want to go. To the fast food restaurants and then I'm that, but you just eat. Sorry, random fact here because you mentioned Ma- Ma- uh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, give you a chance to drink a drink in that. Mm. Did you know that there's a thing called dry shaving? Mm-hmm. Like swimmers do it, so literally shave their skin dry. Yeah, and that hurt. Why did, why did it it hurts, hurt? yeah, but it helps them swim faster. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, some of them get spun because the water that they jump in has got chlorine, so they, they it burns. But once they kind of Get past so, that. Some of them take their eyebrows. Some of them yeah, take their eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. No to, hair. To be, to be more hair, dynamic, hair dynamic, yeah. dynamic in the water, yeah. And, 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 and so hair causes drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Remember so as well. In the water as well. Remember off. water as well. Like it's pulling against. I guess it might be slightly different with air. But with water, you know what I mean? No, but, you're, yeah, but no, removing no, your hair, cool. But I'm saying also like skin everything. as well. Like they want their skin, want skin to be like down to Your skin gets really smooth and you just pass through water. But think about you. If you do a 100 meter race, 
example, imagine someone you says, say we've no, no, here are these trainers that are like 10 grams lighter than the ones you have. Yeah, you're going to take them. You're going to take them, but, that, take but that, that might give you like an extra hundred yeah, yeah, of a second sure. because you could, you know what I mean? You got sure. So it's like that little thing might have like a little advantage in the well, water. That's what the new thing with these spikes now, they've got these new Nike and Adidas have them too and they've got the little sponge part at the yeah. tip of the sole. So it gives them a little bit more reaction off the ground. So the key to sprinting is to a, be physically, you know, prepared for it. I think obviously, A, you've got to be mentally sound. You've got to have all the right speed endurance and all the necessary components to run. Um, and then you've got to have what's called stride frequency. That's the ability to spin. You can't have too much stride frequency or too much spin without stride length. When you say spin, what do you mean spin? Your legs, your legs turn over. So that's called frequency. You, the ability to turn your legs. Yeah. But if you have too much turnover, you only cover so much ground. So you've got to have the turnover and the stride length. Okay. So what made... Is that why Usain Bolt doesn't have... That's what made him superior to everybody else. A, he had the height, six foot five, confident as hell. Because right now, nobody was beating him. His legs weren't... So he had the stride length and he had the stride frequency. But what he did, he coached, cultivated him in a way where he was able to get on and off the ground faster than everybody else. And that's the key. It's ground contact time. It's your ability to get on and off the ground. If you're on it too long... Gravity pulls you down and you stay on the ground for too long. You get off it really quickly. With the right technique and track surfaces have changed and events being geared around you. Yeah. You've got a team around you. He's unique in the sense he ran as fast as he did. No one ain't troubling him. Where were you when you first saw him run? I was training with him in 2006. Oh, so you knew he was a problem. So I knew... I didn't know it was a problem then. I saw him and I heard about him, but I didn't think anything. It's only when he came out in 2007 and Tyson Gay beat him in the 200, that the next year I just saw somebody different. Like, <laughs> he went home and he was like, mm-hmm. he went to the bar. Yeah, yeah he, he was a different kid. From 2008, I remember the... When he brought the world record. Yeah, 2008, 2012. Like remember, it was like three Olympics in a row. Seven, yeah, like, and, and even the, um, the 4 by 400 about one year when it's just like when he just took off at the end like it's, it was kind of neck and neck and he just took it and just went boom yeah but what was hard to handle as an athlete there was a significant shift in technique at yeah. the time and I'd missed that window because I was out of the sport but that's when front side mechanics was involved in sport so when you see kids run sometimes you see their legs almost hitting their back that's called backside running so now we have athletes who spend more time in front of themselves which um, enables them to cover more ground and stay. It's a more efficient way of running. So what you want to be able to happen is when this leg is landing, and use this leg as an example, when this leg lands, you want it to stay in line with your hip. If your thigh or your knee goes behind your bum, you're going to spend too much time on the ground and you're uh-huh. going to backside. Yeah. Your leg will spin and backside. Like you see some kids when they're playing, their heads are back, their arms yeah. are wide, they kick their bums. You don't want that. So you want your... You want everything to stay ahead of you. Uh, is that so? Is that why, like, so I, see people, run, kind of, uh, I see people do that thing where they have like they have the bar, bar, and then they kind of like doing that where their legs are like yeah, one, so two, drills. three, yeah, like the drill. So it's kind of so that's rehearsal of movement. Okay. Now the the, the thing is, you're not gonna run that way. You're not gonna run with your arms up. Yeah, you're not gonna yeah. really be so fixed. But it teaches the behavior of how you want to your run. body to yeah. move. Yeah. 
what I took from that is just like uh, repetition 100% yeah, yeah. just to get better and better and, and the better good and ones and are the ones who get good at doing the boring stuff yep because mm. the boring stuff makes you the best yeah see they spoke about Mayweather and you know they you know I mean he used to practice um, they don't even look he, you know what I mean like even his um, when he, with his coach what do they call them uh, the numbers Like you know When they train You know mm. what I mean Combinations Combinations mm. So they were like He'd be in the club With his headphones in Or he'd be out With his headphones in And he'd listen Still. To the combinations Wherever he was You know what I mean Smart. And he would literally You know what I mean Like wherever he was yep. Was just listening To his combos over It's like I met a guy in um In Dubai And he used to he used to own A gaming company And he said his Because he's into gaming And stuff mm. like that His son has been playing games Since he was like Two, mm. three years old. I think his son's like near nine, ten. Mm. Yeah. And he said, "Is he, he watches his son play these games mm. that they've built mm. now?" Yeah. He said his son's reaction time is so mad you might not even yeah. see it. His son just sits there playing the game, but he sees hands here. Yeah? The way he's moving, he said he's going to be a, a like a mad game in, in yeah. the future. Yeah, they're different because of his reaction time. Yeah. But the maddest thing is, you know, like we'll talk about racing and whatever, but I feel like athletics is about, as you said, rhythm. Consistency, whatever, whatever. But someone always comes out and kind of blows that myth. Mm-hmm. So what? Like Michael Johnson came out, mm-hmm. and he—I remember his back was mad straight. Mm-hmm. He used to run, and he just blew the competition out. And it's like then Usain came out, and it was a bit of a different technique. He started slow, but it's kind of like, what would you think about that into the technique? So when coaches look at what's out there, yeah. they read all these books which I think is key, is key. They watch all the videos and they don't prescribe to what's been put in front of them. They come to their own conclusion and they take it and mold it to the person they have in front of them. So when they said that Michael Johnson was a peculiar running style, yes, but he had a short torso and long legs. So it didn't suit him to run how the book prescribed him to run. So his coach had to find the best way for him to run run. and it involved him having... the way he did upright body, yeah. short lever of the mad arms. though, isn't it? Because it didn't make sense for Michael Johnson to have his arms up in the loft like Carl Lewis did. So if you notice, Carl Lewis is very te- textbook. Yeah. Whereas Michael Johnson had short levers of the arm and kept them close to his body. Yeah, he would just be like that. Correct. It? Mm. And it allowed his legs to turn. If he was do that, it would affect the Same with you saying he's got long legs. It doesn't make sense for you saying to have long arms like Carl Lewis did. He had to keep short levers, which enabled his legs to turn quickly and get on and off the ground. Now you're saying that, I'm going to start watching. Yeah, so I'm now you've got that, things. you watch things with a trained eye. Yeah. Shelly Ann Fraser, she's... She's a... Oh, she's a madness. Short, but it doesn't make sense, Shelly running the way it's prescribed in textbook. Feet at 90 degrees, dorsiflex, body needs to be upright, arms or fingers need to be at chin height or eye height. It doesn't work for her. So again, her coach, Stephen Francis, or a former coach, found a way based on all the information, looked at all the data, said, this is the best way for you to run. For you to run, yeah. And lo and behold, it works. So how, your, how, coach is, your coach is very, very important. I was yeah. going to say that how, for example, as a coach, for example... Like an educated coach, not any and any coach. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because we're hearing examples of athletes that the textbook doesn't suit their, their running style, that it might have slowed them down. It's like, how would... A coach, for example, it's like even um, if you look at bo- experience, if you look at boxers, for example, mm-hmm. someone look at um, AJ and say, "Listen, when you box, your hands got to be up, you got to be down." Right. And if you look at someone like Mayweather, it's not the same. No, he's shoulder rolling, he's doing. Do you know See, what I'm saying? Dad was good because they saw him as that, 
and they let him evolve into that. Into that. He's already naturally got it. Yeah. You said naturally had it. I naturally had it. Gatlin naturally has it. Asafa Powell naturally has it. And you just need someone right Bowles people. naturally has it. So when they're gifted, like don't mess with them. Yeah. You just need someone to nurture what Correct. it is. You know what I mean? You don't mess with them. Like you don't mess with the Ferrari or them F1 cars. Yes. Lewis Hammer, you don't mess with him. Yeah. So, so that's what that's what you do now as well. You 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 train. You work kids. with what they ha- have. Okay. And over time, you just follow their path and you kind of guide them. Yeah. They kind of dictate where they want to go. You, you just got to follow and keep them in, in yeah, the boundaries. So I was going to say, obviously, after all has happened with you and stuff, so you're, you're now mm. coaching kids yeah. in the community, whatever, giving back and whatever. Yeah. So, so I give back a coach. I talk, I mentor. Yeah. I do a lot of keynote speaking on many subjects because I relate a lot of what I've gone through in life to people in business and sport. Yeah. yeah. And I just make it relative. So I'm testament that, mate, I got hung on the cross and buried and yeah, left for dead. Yeah, yeah. But did I allow that to be me? I said, no. Mm-mm. It was too important for me to, don't get me wrong, Archway, Suicide Bridge, I stood on that bridge and thought, this is it. I can't handle this. But that bridge is high. And it's know. high. I don't think people understand how high that bridge is. When you're driving under it, you look up and be like, ah, but when you're on top of it looking down, it's high. They, there's a lot of people that go up there, you know, start leg swinging. Yeah, it's high. It's a high bridge, bro. Do you know where, do you know where it is? Yeah, I've and seen I looked, yeah. I looked down and I thought, I'm not brave enough to do that. One, I'll mash up myself, probably land on somebody's car, broke up, mash up their life, make a mess, and then that's it, I'm gone. And, and your story as well wasn't finished. It'll be gone. It won't yeah, finish. yeah. You, you don't want people to remember you for that. For that. You, you want to make your own... I said, right, I'm going to change this. I don't know how I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. But I, once I said, I'm going to change this, this light appeared. I thought, I've come out of this. Oh, I can't do this no more. Something that's changed. Where do you think that strength came from? Did you see people like, for example, go Love Island or Big Brother, mm. nothing to something. Mm. They come out. So, uh, they get they told their celebrities they get the limelight and they just crumble. Mm-hmm. Whereas you had that and that the fall as well. And even in the fall, people still knew who you were. Yeah. People still actually probably cared and all that stuff. But you still said, you know what? Nah, I need to change this narrative around me. What do you? Because I was so used to being told no as a child. Like I was, just, I was used to it. But every time I was told no, I still found a way to get what I wanted. And I got what I wanted, but literally just carried on walking. Just keep doing I just kept on walking. I was used to doors being in my face. There was times when I was going for my suspension and I got back running. I'm meeting promoters, meeting promoters are the guys that organise the competition. So like, for you lot of this be football or whatever, you get an opportunity. Man will say, yeah, come to the, come to the competition. I've got a lane for you. I'll get to Heathrow Airport. I say, oh, Dwayne, you got to go home. If I invite you, I lose my licence to compete to host this meeting. Right. That would happen... All the time. But how though? Because I thought you were you were out of your suspension now. So or it was I like was, an unwritten... I was out of my suspension. But I was being in... I was... Blacklisted. Blacklisted. And I hadn't accepted that I was in the wrong. I was still blaming other people. I was still going on social media. Well, I don't have social media at the time. But I was still going into the Sun newspaper. Dwayne, is it unfair you can't run? Yes, it is unfair. So I was just spitting venom all the time mm. and not realizing that every time I spit venom, the newspapers are like, yes. <laughs> they were like, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't get it. So, so you're saying the powers that be, although you your um, band was finished, 
it was like, until this guy admits he ain't running. The powers that would be understood what I was going through could have seen this way beyond me. Yeah, yeah. This has happened to Carl, uh, Ben Johnson, Marion, and people before me. But A, I was a big name and I was bringing too much heat to the sport, okay. which is what they didn't want. They understood that what I was doing was noble, yeah. I guess. I was bringing too much heat. <sighs> My saving grace was a guy called Cesar Aga. He's a criminal lawyer by trade. He goes, you're doing this all wrong, mate. You're doing this all wrong. I said, what do you mean I'm doing it all wrong? Because you're doing too much of this. And I'd had, when I took before I met, and I'd had about 10 agents come up to me and say, yeah, D, I can help you. I can help you. And I just kept on shafting and stabbing my back all the time. So I learned not to trust even more. So I just went further down into the grave. But yeah, I went down into the grave. Oh, I've got to get back up. So I learned that I stopped, I was trusting people too much. Yeah. I was taking my trust and putting it in other people's hands. But those people's hands I was putting my trust in were just going like this and just dropping it on the floor because they didn't trust themselves. And a lot of them just wanted to get what they wanted and just let you... So I said, all right, I'm a, I, 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 I got to learn to trust myself. And I didn't. I didn't trust myself. Mm. So I said, shit, I've got to sort this out. But I don't know how. So I just, I just went on this journey. I just kept on talking to people, knocking on doors. Can you help me? Oh, yeah, come and help me. They'll shit on me and I'll be, I'll be back at square one. Until I learned to go and meet people and I'll ask them, what's in it for you? Why are you doing this? And if they couldn't answer me playing and their eyes were shifting, I said, I'm gone. And it, I had to become brave to start asking people why, what's in this for you? Because mm. they'll just waffle and just talk, wind, blow wind up my ass. And it came to a point where I just got fed up and I was like, you know, I'm done. And then this guy called Cesaraga came about and he said, come to my house and we talk. I remember going to his house. He's a criminal lawyer, so they do their due diligence and research. I got into his house and he sat on his table and said, this is the table. He had a file this high on me. And he sat there and he goes, I know more about you than you know about yourself. I researched you from when you was born to where you are now. To where you are now. If you listen to me, I'll help you. If you don't, leave my house. So I said to him, got brave again. What's in it for you? He goes, you can see I don't need your money. I'm living nice. You like fair enough. Fair enough. I'm putting my life on the line to help you. And I want to see you back where you should be. And he goes, I'm doing this because I was once a footballer and I broke my leg and I would never, ever know how good I could have been. And it haunts me to this day. But you have a chance to get back. And just those words alone, I wish I'd heard from my dad or my stepdad or my mom. Mm. But those words just kind of just thought. It's true. That thought, right. My heart just kind of relaxed. And I thought, okay, how do we do this? And he goes, hey, you need to get rid of that tooth because your appearance. That was for the man then, you know. Because you've got to get rid of that. You've got to change your image. And I said, you know what? Okay. Okay. <sighs> so I had to get rid of the tooth. I had to cool down. And then when press would email me that I was getting it every day. And Cesar goes, that was easy. He goes, Cesar goes, look, read this article, read it out loud. So again, them times I won't, I didn't know how to read. And I'm not even ashamed to admit it. I didn't know how to read. Because as a kid, every time we read and we got the word wrong, we got, <laughs> got licks. So you didn't want to be, so I, just, I want comfortable reading. So I read it. Put myself through it. I thought, if I'm going to change, I've got to deal with this now. So I read it, stumbled, read it, read it, stumbled, but I got through it. And he goes, what are they asking you to do? Because what are they asking you here? 
So I read the question. He goes, Dwayne, is it unfair you can't run? And I said, yes, it is unfair. And he goes, this is where you're going wrong. You know it's unfair, but you can't say that. So I said, how do I answer? He goes, I said, read the question again. He goes, Dwayne, is it unfair that you can't compete? He goes, you respond by saying, I just want to be an athlete and compete. So I said, why didn't all these other people tell me this before? Because they're not trying to help you. They're trying to get what they want to get. Because, Dwayne, yeah. I have a policy. I don't trust people further than I confront them. I don't trust people. So when he said that to me, I thought, this guy's got a point. So the more I read the articles, the more I listened to the news articles, I'll just read them. And then a journalist phoned and he goes, I'm going to sit right by you and you're going to follow this script. So they're not asking me, Dwayne, is it unfair? I just want to be an athlete and compete for my country. But don't you think it's unfair? I just want to be an athlete and compete for my country. But Dwayne, is it unfair? I just want to be an athlete and compete for my country. The next day that my, in the past, my news articles would be two spreads. It went to that. Didn't have nothing to say. Didn't have nothing to say. So when I clocked, I was like, I yes. get it. Because the trick here, Dwayne, is not to answer the question. You answer what you want to say. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. say what you want to say. Yeah. You control the narrative. Mm. So when he took me to a politician, I was like, I got it. I got it. So then, once the heat started to dim down on me, more doors opened. I was then able to compete. I was able to then talk. I was able to get myself back up. Because you're not antagonizing the situation. You're not no aggravating heat. it. Yeah. So then, meat promoters started to invite me. And then after that, things started to unfold and I just learned, but it took me, Jesus, 10 years. Yeah, but even in that year, how did you feel when you started like winning again? Did you feel... It wasn't the same. Competing? It wasn't the same. Because people might be looking at you like... Yeah, I'm still this, getting that. This yeah. guy's still benefiting from what he took. Yeah, maybe so. He's this, he's that. And they kept on pressing his button, but I had to. I just want to be an athlete. I want to compete. <laughs> I just want to be an athlete and compete. That's the that's the that's the that's the, that's the, that's the title of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an athlete and want to compete. That, I had to stick mm. to the script. Yeah, because every time that's the process. Pushed, yeah, press conferences they were on me. But remember as well, you're forgetting as well that even I spoke about it in other um, cases, like for example Travis Scott, um, other people. Whenever there's heat on someone, brands just like yeah, they big, don't want a problem. Yeah. So like, even if they want to mess with you. Yeah. They're like, mm. yep. so by you saying I'm just an athlete, I want to compete, and you kind of dimming that. Now yeah. they can be like, we can work. They sometimes they look at you like, we're not going to get nothing. Help us, help, help you. you. No, yeah, they're yeah, looking yeah, at you yeah. like, we can't tell you what to do, but yeah, I'm just an artist. I just want to perform. That's it. Yes. Stick to that strap line. Yeah. I'm just a podcaster. I want a podcast. They got nothing to write about. That's what I'm going to tweet, brother. I'm just a podcast. I want to tweet. You know what I mean? He who controls the narrative (laughs) wins. If they control the narrative, they win. Mm. You control the narrative, you win. Because if you you think about it, you know what I mean? Your job is to run. Their job is to To write bullshit about you. That's what they do. You do your job, they do theirs. Your job is to not give them stuff to talk about. I remember as well. We're not designed or engineered or educated to talk like that. So... And, do what we do. And there was a point in time where, like, your name must have been the hottest name yep. on the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, like, in terms of what, whatever stereotype you want, or, or with the tooth, or the, the, yeah, the black man hen's tooth, like, do you know what I'm saying? Or even just UK UK athletes. So many different lanes where this story would have resonated with the press. So obviously, because of the suspension, now obviously everything was gone, lost everything. All the money I earned, I had to pay back. I'm still paying it back to this day. 
So we're talking from 2003. Serious. Right. It's my wrongdoing. So I hold my hands up to that and I don't have a problem. It is now part of my mission to make sure I clear my debt. Because mm. A, I don't want to go to my deathbed with that on my conscience because I'll just be rolling in my grave. Yeah. And my kids, my family, my academy, which houses over 100 kids, I don't want them inheriting the drama. That of, drama. Yeah. Yeah. So I can handle it, but it's not for them to have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, when I'm coaching now, I tell them plain. If you're going to make the decision to take drugs, you need to leave. Because not only will you ruin yourself, you ruin the ruin sport, and, and you ruin what else. we're trying to build here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I tell them that now so they know where they stand. And even now, you are the voice for the kids that you never this had. Is a, this is why what happened to me was necessary. But nobody else would stand up and speak like this. And they can come to you and actually they, they know they can speak to you because there's going to be no judgment. You've been there, done that, this literally worn the t-shirt. And, and I tell them, them mm. you're going to be up against people who are going to cut corners. Mm-hmm. Now, if you jump on their wavelength of thinking and think, oh, this guy is, or this girl's taking drugs, I can't beat them, they win. Mm-hmm. They take you down with them. They take you down with them. So I say to them, look, you're going to come against, up against come up against people who are going to cut corners. Mm. It is your job to compete and be the best you can be. I will always work on things outside of the sport. So when you're done, you've got a career outside of that. Mm. The problem that a lot of sportsmen and women face is when their career is done, they don't know what to do next. Yeah. So I'm putting in place a, a, a process where when they're at the level, they're getting an education. Yeah. They're being sensible with their money. Because we'll, a lot of these kids will go from nothing to money to that. And then agents are going to be like, yeah, I want a piece of that. But I'm just making sure their parents are involved in this and they're properly managed. Yeah. Because a handful of those athletes that we look after will make it. They will make it. Mm. Fortunately, we're in a country where we're not overwhelmed with so much talent. We have talent, but we're just not like America. There's 52 states. We've just got one little country. Yeah. So they will make it in this Their country. bigger than this country. There you go. They will make it. But it's what they do outside what? of the sport. Because it's not what you do on the track that, that symbolizes who you are. It's what you do after it. It's what it makes you become. Because mm. yeah, I can be great. I've got all these medals. But so what? Once I retire, then what? They're not even got the gold, but they're not gold medals. They just sit and deteriorate and rust. Mm. It's what you become off the track. Yep. That I install in them. Because... A whole life ahead of you. Yeah. Once this stops, it stops. The then what are you gonna life. do next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people, and that's where a lot of people it messes with them mentally because they have nothing but that. So when they stop doing, they that, don't know what to do. You know what I mean, it affects you mentally. You know what I mean. So it doesn't just affect you. Like with certain people, you know, like okay, the financial effects are with certain people. Like those are readily visible, but the mental side of things. Because guys on them, what is there? Yeah. When they stop, what happened? Once, don't get me wrong. When that the glory stops, when the cheering. Stops. It, you struggle. That's what Gaza said, though. Because when, when I was the program of Gaza, brother, do you know how sick he was as a footballer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was on point. I didn't... I didn't, I didn't realise how good I he was. I didn't realise until I look back at clips and then, remember, he went to Italy. He was on point. As a, remember, in them days, Serie A was the best league. Yeah. And he went there and they respected Gaza as in, like, they knew he was a baller. And some of the stuff he used to do, you see the Rabona pen that you took in, like, a normal game, like, behind the, like, normal game, you know, one of, like, trailing... Proper. Proper, but he said that the way he grew up, he was not in so much pain, but like the only time he got an escape was when he kicked ball. Correct. So that kept him like yeah. straight and narrow yeah. because he kicked balls every Saturday, Sunday, whatever day he played. 
he was cool. But the moment it stopped, yeah. no more cheering. He was struggling. So he just hit the bottle worse. Like more and more drinking, more and more drinking because there was nothing. I feel like for me, that's probably, that's, yeah, that's probably when everything is quiet. Mm. Where you're like, you're focused on what you do. This is what you love. Everything is quiet. And then when you stop. Mm. That's what I said. When I was banned, I couldn't be on my own. Yeah, because you're like, the noise. Yeah, it was too the much. Noise, the noise, so noise, it's, noise. Weird. It's, it's weird though. It drowned it out. It's weird though because it's like, the people that we're mentioning now, is like they had to go through some form mm-hmm. of darkness to become mm-hmm. the great people that mm-hmm. they are. Not just the people, bro. It's just, if you think about it, it's people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, your experiences shape you. They shape who you are. They shape how you deal with mm-hmm. things. They, they shape everything. But that's why it's a difficult conversation though because as much as he can say what he's saying to the kids, some kids might still be like, no, nah, I still want to do my own it, thing. This is my point. Because they don't have them. similar upbringing. Yeah. You're like, no, but but I think Dwayne's saying that's fine, but remember, I'm still here to speak to you and also, if you do want to do that, leave. Yeah. That, that's the only choice. It's, it's hard because you can tell a man till he's blue in his face, but sometimes you have to feel it in order to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. What it's like The other day My son Rocco Always referred to him Because he's just the The rebel in our house And he was meant to wake up At obviously 8 o'clock To go to school And he didn't set his alarm So I'm all 8 o'clock I'm looking at him Thinking He's sleeping So I'm, I'm going to leave him And it was burning me Because as a parent You don't want your kid To go through that mm. I thought He needs to know What that feels like 8.30 Still in his bed By this time He should be in school So I tapped him 10 to 9 Should have been in his class I said Rocco What time is it? He goes, oh my God, dad, phone the school, phone the school. I said, Rocco, what time was he meant to get up? He goes, oh, dad, but I was tired. So he's got in his head that it's other people's fault and not his. Mm. So he's not learnt responsibility yet. So when the fear hit him, I said, now you learn consequences consequences of your actions. Mm-hmm. I always tell him because he comes home and says, the teacher hates me, she's racist, she's this is that. I said, Rocco, understand this. Most teachers in schools now do not want to be there. They're overworked, overpaid, underpaid, underpaid and tired. Mm. And they're dealing with 30 kids just like you. Mm. So now you know this. You know how to deal with the teacher. You don't go and rear up in the class. Yeah, make it easy for them. You wait till this lesson's over. Mm-hmm. And if you want to have a conversation with it, when she's calm or he or she is calm. So I give him scenarios and make him understand a person's position and how you act upon that position. So I said, two volcanoes won't work. One has to simmer. And you got to be the one to sim in order to get things resolved. If you go fire to fire with something, that fire is going to be too big and it's going to get under control. It's going to be out of control. Especially yeah. that person controls the narrative. 100%. That's funny. I did the same thing to Mia, but it was more to do if she wanted to stay up late. Mm. I said, but staying up late is going to affect you at school. She goes, no, it's not. I'll be fine, daddy. I said, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Then one time she went to bed at 11, woke up the next day early. But when she got to school, Daddy, I'm tired. No, go, <laughs> I wonder why. Go, go. I wonder why. You have to get rest, you know? Get in class. I don't want to hear Bro, it. No, no, no. So you um, need the rest, man. Do you remember when I used to work for, I think I told you, the charity. Um, we used to work with the risk guys. So there was these things where we used to do these um, scenarios where these guys I'm talking about on the roads, they've come from just crazy situations. Guys have jail, stabbed. There's so many different situations. And I'll never forget this scenario. We did the scenario where a guy goes to... so. You know what I mean? He goes to a bar. So this bartender, but he goes to a bar or, or he's goes, gone to buy alcohol. You know what I mean? The bartender asks for his ID. You know what I mean? So it's literally, how do you deal with this? You know what I mean? So, you know, gone there, ask for your ID or whatever. Mm. Dude's wilding out. You know what I mean? But like, it's his job to mm. ask you. But like mm-hmm. I said, for them, in their mind, it's like, who are you yeah. to ask me for this? But you know what I mean? It's such a simple scenario, you know what I mean? Where, you know what I mean? But the dude doesn't have his ID. So the scenario is you don't have mm-hmm. your ID or whatever. So the guy's like, you don't have your ID. I can't serve you. Correct. So literally, you know what I mean? In terms of consequences. So you are the one that doesn't have your ID. 
So you are the one that has to deal with this a certain way. So mm-hmm. maybe you speak to the guy better, you know what I mean? Or you plead with him there or whatever, you, you know what I mean? But for them, the initial thing is, are you crazy? Like, Congrats. you know what I mean? For them, it's literally, they would react yeah. negatively because yeah. it's literally like, yeah. you know what I mean? What man doesn't look my age or whatever? It's like, his job is to ask A, that is what he is paid to do. Correct. He cannot do anything but A. So you have to work with, with him. A. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to work with him. Your job is to say, you know what, bro? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? See, I'm not underage or whatever. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? There's a nine out of 10 chance that he's still going to say no. Mm-hmm. But like I said, at the end of the day, you can't be vexed with him nope. because, you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, you are the one that doesn't have, but for them, they didn't understand how it's not going their way. They're like, you are the one that doesn't have your yeah, ID. Yeah. You can't be mad at anyone but yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of them had been in situations where they get in, you know what I mean? They'd come in and you, they'd have to bring in stuff to sign and so on. They don't have it, so they can't get their money or mm. they can't get this. Mm. And they're mad at everyone else. But you are the one that doesn't have it. You're supposed to come here a certain times a week to get this and this. You have not come that number of times. The only person you can be mad at is you. Yeah, but correct. they're mad at everybody Everyone. else. You know what I mean? Like, it's affecting your accommodation. You know, certain people, no, like, if you don't come here a certain time, a certain number of times, if this and this doesn't done, you're going to be homeless. Yeah, but you know, that contributes to the environment. Yeah, and this is it. So a we had to teach them, the you know what I mean? So we had to teach them how to be accountable for them to look at situations and think, oh, this is my fault. If I don't come here or whatever, it's nobody else's fault. But my, but a lot of them didn't understand. But if understand. they're not told that, how are they going to learn? Exactly, and this is what it was. So when we started to have those conversations, but they come from homes where nobody's, like you said, nobody has these conversations with them. And a lot of these and a lot of these kids, they come from homes where, you know, in school, see the conversation you had with your son where your son will say this and this about school and you tell him, no, you did this, this and this. There's those parents that go to school violent. Don't talk to my child like that and this and this and this or whatever. The parent has no idea what the interaction is like. So you've now taught your kid that he can do whatever he, he works, likes yeah. and, and, you, and there are no consequences. Him, yeah. And it's yeah. fine. And most parents are okay with it when, you know, I mean, it's in school, your kid does what he likes and he gets away with it. But what happens when he turns 16 mm-hmm. and he takes that out of school into the real world? Now he's and in the, the real world. that we have. Exactly. So now they've left school and you've taught him that he can get away with whatever he wants his whole life. Now he's in the real world and he's doing things where the consequences are much greater now. Now he doesn't understand, you know what I mean? That goes, what do you mean no? What that, do you mean I can't that, take people's that things? That goes back to your initial point in the beginning where you said that a lot of us don't really want to be seen. We just kind of just want to cut through. Yeah, we do. The stuff, there's, like you said, there's some certain things you'll do at home where probably the consequences are mum or dad. Whereas outside, police. Yeah. Losing but yeah, friends. But the parents, you know, you know don't what? regulate them. Mm. I can talk, I talk openly and my wife knows because I had a bag of women when I was with her. But a lot of the time, I didn't want too much attention on me because I had a bag of gal. I didn't want all that attention on me because I was thinking, I'm creeping anyway. Yeah. And if the paparazzi, this is how my... You know what that yeah. feels like? <laughs> but I don't open it. I'm not saying this is what I do now But back yeah, in the day I didn't want all that attention yeah, on me or I'm creeping I'm moving around I don't really want to be in the spotlight But I want You would have survived today Social no. media No You would have got back week Dwayne one Chamber, like. Week one Dwayne, Dwayne would have got back You text. know what You know what's funny Chaser <laughs> Love rap <laughs> 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 It is funny Because there wasn't You know what I mean An athlete You might know When I described the scenario No There's a picture of him And he was posing with someone and he had the, the makeup all over his face. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, yeah. kissing the white woman. And you know, you look at him like, your wife ain't no white You're woman. So <laughs> like, if you see the picture and he was yeah, posing. Yeah, for man now. You know, no, 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 no. we done them, we could have never. Man, that fat day is the right shade, bro. You know, the picture, you look at But you know what's mad? I learned, Yeah, I think we were told on the pod, didn't it? Basically, there's there's a certain chemical or product in makeup, yeah, that reflects whenever flash hits it. 
So that's why when you take a picture in the dark, you always see the makeup on a man's face mm. or the guy's face because when the, when it reacts it, 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 yeah, it, it reflects yeah. off that. No, if you look at it, the look on his face... Even was... certain girls' makeups, you look at them like, if you were in person, you look at them, you're like, oh, your face looks all right. Let them take a picture. You see all the lines here. And it looks, yeah. yeah. The, it looks mad. The, 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 bro, the bronzer, isn't it? Where's <laughs> 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 the bronzer? Oh, yeah. The bronzer. There's no camera behind me. No, no, Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was saying. So oh, he did, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. he, he, he must have, you know. And he got caught in the flash as well. His peak. Yeah. So that's what I was like. The, you know, the flash hits you. Man said, that ain't doing nothing. I love, but he did. He got beat for Man lips and done that. I tried to come back to party. I said, like, yo, what's he man saying? Man said, yeah. You know what I mean? As a fan, it's your one picture. You're like, boy. You know, you're like, boy. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. See, thank God the Instagram and everything. Yeah, I, 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 no, what I said. No, no, no. I was gonna say to you, yeah. um, so just two things, the two last things I want to talk about is um just yeah, ha- ha- how was the feeling to race in terms of in general? Is it like what was the preparation like? Because you know sometimes you see like people did little rituals where they're like like kicking mm. the neck or like what was your 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 race ritual like, and also what would it feel like? Because you know, like we just see mm. the gun go bang mm. and the race is over in ten seconds. nine se- ten it seconds. All, it all goes through your mind. But what goes through your mind before, during, after, like the prep? Also, do you ever feel like rushing the brother who um, starts the f- and does the full start? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so fucks with your mental man. Because yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, like, whenever that full start. One man does go and he you know slows what, down. He's like, oh. Sometimes the full start helps relax you mm. because just lightens the mood. Yeah, because you you're like just about to let they crack, and sometimes that helps you relax a little bit because yeah. it takes away the tension. Because you think you've been training for what one, two, three, four years. If it's an Olympic cycle, you've been training for four years for this opportunity. That's mad, you know. Four yeah. years for ten seconds, you know. know well, right. A few ten seconds, obviously. Yeah, you, you over the qualify, series, but, you build up momentum. You win mm. a couple of diamond leagues, and you get all the status. But it comes down to one point, one moment. It's not like a. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can just do it again in the next couple of weeks. you got it's another it's four, it's years. four years. Four years. You're getting older. The more mentally bruised you become from disappointments, the harder it is to the next because you're, if you full started in one Olympics, you're going to come around to the next Olympics and you're like, oh my God, I got here and I full started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you full start again, then you've got to carry that to the... So it's a mental... Mm. 12 years of full starting, you know? It's Jesus. a lot. <laughs> but I guess for that nine seconds, it's a blur. It's hard to describe what actually happens because you're on the line, you hear the cheer, crowd cheering. Grand Jammers, you saying bow? Da, 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 da. What was, yeah, sorry, what was your thing when the camera goes on you? What was it again? Like, remember that when they done that? 
<laughs> man, man, man tripped on the first hurdle, blood. Man of enough things. I just, I was just angry. What are you doing on this one? Yeah, that's... I said, look at the gold man, team. Gold, remember, you know? <laughs> so, and then it goes quiet. Like this. Yeah, because it says, mm. and you're like, Yeah, like, it goes quiet. Me, and then, you see how this quiet is now? So if I stop talking, it gets mm-hmm. like that. And then the announcer will say, set. And then remember that gun goes bang, you hear the crowd, rah, it erupts. But it's all a blur. Because if you're, over, don't get me wrong, lately, the good ones are able to stay conscious. Because they look left and they look so they're right. they're conscious of what's going on so they can be in the moment. Yeah. I guess spirits back in the day, they race unconsciously. Just blinkers. The streak. Yeah, and, yeah. But if you look at the Usain, the Asafa Powell's, the... Yo and Blake's, they race conscious. Yeah. So you see they're running and they're aware of what's going on. So they adjust on the spot. And that's a unique skill in itself. You're not really meant to stay conscious. You're meant to let your subconscious mind do the work. Absolutely. But these athletes are so robust. They're running and they're looking at the camera ahead of them. So it's different for everybody. Justin Gatlin is like my era. Me, King Collins, Gatlin, we're just focused and yeah. don't let anything interfere. Because you man used to have the like, you could see like during your race, like you man weren't even like friending each other. Yeah, like, it was just more enough. like you could just see we man was just Mike Tyson. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we could hit you, we would do it on the track, but we can't. So we have to show our intimidation through our physical. Yeah. yeah, and ultimately we stayed that way because we have to put on a strong poker face. Yeah. Inside, we're all crapping ourselves. I don't care who they are; they're all. Stand up line thinking, boy. But on the exterior, we're stone cold, yeah, you know, yeah, Steve yeah. Austin. You say it was different, he would just laugh and joke. But that's always been his style. He's a party guy, so he's always had that. But ultimately, like my thing was always, I don't go on that line thinking I'm gonna win, because I don't know if I'm gonna win. When I stayed on the track, for some reason the other lanes on the left and right hand side of me that go blank, and it's a straight line. And that lane that I'm running, looking down represents where I got to go. Yeah, yeah. But within that lane, there's doors that keep on opening. And those doors are like, yo, D, you ready? Yo, D, let's go out. Or are you going to lose? There's always these voices that keep on appearing through these doors. So when I'm staring down like that, I'm doing that to keep them doors shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That focus. Yeah. I'm not looking and thinking, right, I'm going to take this man apart. <clears throat> yeah, I have to keep the door shut because they're, they're always kind of rattling and opening. But when the gun goes, you kind of just react. Out, yeah. And you get become good at that by having a program, a training program that you start with the base level, you just do your cardio, your fitness. Then you get to a point where you get to like the competitive phase. So you do like competitive runs on your own. Then you have a versus competitive phase where you're doing things with other people. So each of those scenarios you go through, you have to learn to handle your emotions. When you're on your own, you're going to have your own thoughts. Oh, this run's long, I'm tired. Coach like, right, you got another run. So you have to talk to yourself. To psych yourself up. To keep like, yourself in mind. In the zone, yeah, yeah. Then, once you kind of pass that, some athletes can't handle it. They'll do a couple of runs, their hamstrings get sore. Coach, I'm tired, I'm done. And they'll go home. Some of them, you can manipulate them in their mind and say, oh, the other athlete's doing this. But if you fill them with that fire, then that gets diminished after a time. So you have to motivate the individual. 
once you can see they pass that, then you have your own time trials and see how fast you can run and how many reps you can achieve. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to be able to do that against other people. Once you can do that past other people, then it's time to compete. So you want to get race fit, race ready in training. The problem we have over here, in my opinion, we use competitions to get ready. You can't revise on the day. Revise been way before. You revise way before. Okay. Mm. You can't get to the race and be like, right, I'm going to do my exam. You can't, you have to get race prep beforehand and get yourself up to that level to the point where you can look at the exam with your eyes closed and just know where the answers are. Mm-hmm. That's what made myself superior because I got ready here. The hard part about that, I had to stay in character for a very long time. So I didn't come out of character. Well, it doesn't have me draining as well because psychologically correct. to be in that yeah. zone is... It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good ones, like you said, Mayweather would be in a club but he's, he stayed in character. He stayed in character all the time. The character became him. It became, it was, there it you go. Yeah, yeah. So if you can find yourself like that, in character all the time but still be cool then you're onto something good but typically athletes will because training is one thing with training you can do a run take a long recovery or need a bit of rest the scenario between competition training and competition is two different things you don't have time to recover and rest in competition you're in it mm-hmm. you're in that ring or in that environment Marine, where yeah. that is it you go to the cool room this is what's called the cool room. So in competition, once you get off the track, you do your warm-up, you're going to be a room sometimes as small as this, and you're going to have all other eight competitors in this room. And we'll all be sitting like this. Most of them won't look at each other. You're all a, in your own. You're all in the zone. Oh, me, yeah. me, I look at them. That is long, brother. So yeah, and, I, and it could be as small as this. How do you be a final? Man's just looking over. You say like... Yeah. <laughs> and it can be as intense as and that. And he's over there. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know what I mean? All of these things are things you don't learn about. So like I said, some people are good at racing, you know what I mean? But they're not good in that environment Correct. where you then now have to deal with, you know what I mean? Being in a room Correct. with so many other people. Or like I said, you know what I mean? Especially think of it. If you're an anxious person, you may be a, an amazing runner. athlete, a runner, yeah. whatever. But when you get out there and the anxiety kicks in, it, kicks it then in. affects everything else. So if you do not know how to deal with that or if you're no. not equipped to deal with that it then affects you know what I mean so it's not like you can run you could probably be the fastest person here but because you're dealing with this and you don't know how to deal with this it's affecting this so some athletes are like paper if you stress them too much they they rip easy yeah me I, I rip slow I don't allow their thoughts to enter mine so when I can feel their the energy I let it just come through me if I stay don't conversate with it then it's got me have you got any stories where someone tried to kind of like... Kim Collins done it to me all the time. Oh. Hated him. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it, you know. Kim Collins. Kim so Collins. Knows, is, is it American, American guy, UK guy? St. Kitts and Nevis. Okay. Oh, yeah. Guy, you um, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was... And he used to do what? As in like... We'll sit and chat. I run, I'm just in my zone. He goes, yo, Chiambas. <laughs> How you feel today? You see that girl over there? And he knows we chat about girl all the time. We just bust jokes. And he'll sit there and chat to me. And this time we're in the cool room, you know. But what he's doing, he's he's sucking my energy and using his. Because any discomfort or uncertainty he's got in his mind, he's dumping it on me. Yep. And then by the time I got to the line, I want to have a conversation with Kim. Kim's just like, 
Big man, in the corner. Exactly. Remember, have you heard the story about? Have you heard the story of um, Kobe and Steph Curry? No, go. Where, on. So basically, Kobe, like you know, what I mean, with Steph when he was, you know, what I mean, in his prime when he was getting in there. Remember, Kobe really used to like to play the mental games, and Kobe would study people. So Kobe watched um, Steph, and he was like, you know, what I mean, if you if you're behind him. He can shoot If you're in front of him He can shoot But Kobe was like He doesn't like it When you're beside him When he shoots So literally Anytime um, Steph would try to take a shot Kobe was right there Beside him And he would encourage Everyone else To get beside him And he would fuck with his shot But it's little things like yeah. that Where someone gets in your Fuck-up mind moment, Where it's literally like He would sit there And he would figure out You know what I mean The little chinks in your armor And that's what sports become It's become psychological warfare yeah. And I learned from that Because Maurice Green, Liverpool Christie, they've done exactly the same thing to me. I'll be in the cool room, they'll stare me out like this, come up to my face and stare me out. Mm-hmm. To the point I got, I was like... Because you're, you're uncomfortable, you're like, you're starting to think. Yeah. I don't know what to do, so I had to get up and walk off. 1999, World Championships, Maurice, I sat down in the chair like this, Maurice Green was pacing up and down. He walked up to me and stood in my face like that. I was like... <laughs> you're thinking, well, bro. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I picked up my bag like an idiot and walked back to the other part of the room. I then got out on the track. He then put his bag in my lane and went off and ran his run. So me being polite, I picked up my bag and put it away gently. But I saw when you become a threat, (coughs) the opposition will try everything to distract you. Mm -hmm. So luckily I kept my cool and then obviously went on to become the third fastest um, athlete at the time in the World Championships. It then came around Tenfold, because I would do that to all the British athletes during the time. Whenever I was low on energy, I will stare the hell out of them and intimidate them. Yeah. There came a chance in 2012 when I was getting reinstated back into sport after my suspension. Because I've been told I'd never run Olympics again. So I said, all right. I was running 10-5 that season. That was just slow. And there was this little kid, young, um, great athlete called Adam Gamili. Fastest kid on the block. Mm-hmm. High commending to him because he's the only British athlete to run sub-10 and sub-20. He's, he's done a great, you know, during his time. He's achieved great things. So I remember he was, he had on the, the red vests, bib numbers, which meant he was number one in Britain. So I was coming in back to the sport. Obviously the old fossil, but yeah, still mad enough to still just the tear name. them apart. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I didn't have what it took. So I sat around the room thinking, how the hell am I? Why didn't you have what it took? Is it Was it like... Because I'd spent 10 years trying to get myself back into Olympics. Uh, and I got reinstated and my energy was low. I didn't have the drive. Yeah. I'd spent so long fighting. You were knackered. To get there. Mm. When I said I was ready to go back, I was just... Different, like, it just don't... Yeah. Mm. The fight was gone. There was mm. no fire. So I thought... Your mind isn't even where everyone yeah, else is. I was dead. Is. I was dead. I just wanted to go sleep. But I was dead. <laughs> so I said, how am I going to beat this kid? So I thought... Hmm, I know what to do. Sat down in the cool room. Adam sat down. I was irritated, so I can't sit down for long. So I sat down, I was getting irritated, so I stood up, started to pace around the room. Looked at Adam, what did Adam do? Put his eye down, I said, you got you. I've got you, that's all I needed. I'll come in like um, Popeye, I took my spinach boy, my muscles pumped up, I said, I'm ready. Got on the start line. He didn't even dare look at me again. And from then on, you're like, from then, yeah. I said, D, when that gun goes, you're going to go on the first B of the bang. Not the whole B, you know. That first little part, when you hear that trigger, you go. And to help me, I know I can get to 0 to 60 before anybody else. So I thought, I get out, they chase, 
their race is off, and all I gotta do is just get there before them. Once you're, <clears throat> once you're chasing, you're, you're done. Chasing you're not, you're not catching. I'm too angry. Mm. I'm too angry. I'm at the point where during that time, I can take myself to near death to win, but they ain't ready for that. The fact that I could stand on suicide bridge and take myself to near death, I can do that. I can do that. They can't do that. Mm. They're not brave enough to do that. You're like you've not been pushed. You ain't been pushed. You ain't got. You ain't lost. I can take my vision and my brain capacity to beyond where you've even seen. I can do things you lot can't do. Two pack ones. I I see beyond you. Mm. You look to see the moment. I look beyond. I look 10, 20 years down the line. Where am I going to be in that that period of time? Mm. I don't look at now. Mm -hmm. So when that gun went, I was gone. And I've always used that with my business now. Because when I stopped, I was thinking, how the hell am I going to take this drive that I had to run, which used all of me, to then sit behind a desk and just doing this? How how do I do that? Then I had to write daily goals. Get this done at this time. Get this done at that time. I had to give myself my track and field structure and put it into life. Mm. It took me some time. Once I realized I get the same fulfillment from achieving those goals, then my life changed. Yeah. And I thought, ah, oh, get how this works now. Because sportsmen, it's hard for us to transition. Mm. But I figured it out. And then by talking to enough people, enough of my sportsmen mates that retired before me, they'll sit down and do worse than I was doing. So, you know, during your, um, your ban and whatever, ha- oh, cool. what, what happened in terms of, so all the times you've accumulated before is fine, but like... During, they wiped it. So, because you remember there was a point in time when you got, when you got one, the four by four... Yeah, they wiped that. They wiped it. Wiped all of that. So, so, how, was that, medals. so how was that conversation? Because that's like us four running the race, we win silver... Dwayne gets caught for something and now they yeah. take us over. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it no, is. I'm saying, but how was yeah, that, how, how was that conversation? The time, obviously, I apologise. Well, when I got suspended, I just moved on. I just had to keep quiet for a while. Then it got to a stage where I came back into the sport and I said, look, at the time I was still the fastest in Britain so they had no choice but to put me on the team. So I said to the boys at the time, look, I understand I've done wrong and I want to use this opportunity for you Say what you want. Cuss me, shout. I don't care. Just say it, get it off your chest because right now, we need to be a team and win this relay. I don't care if you don't like me. I know you don't like me because I've taken away your medals and your money and I can't replace that. But we need to be a foursome and get this done. So say what you got to say mm. and get it off your chest. Anyone say anything? No. But one particular like, individual, <laughs> there was one particular individual that didn't say nothing. They went to the papers and said something. Mm. I know who that is. Mm-hmm. We're cool now. Mm. Like the way I see it, what's happened's happened. I done wrong, you done wrong, let's squash it. But it was interesting because the point he made was that the reason he said he was vexed was because he said he forgave you, but his problem with you at the time was that you didn't give up the names of who was involved to save other people. That was his excuse no, I told everything. There was no line about that. Don't get me wrong. When it first got announced that I got suspended, I said every t- I mm. my lawyer at the time put out this statement, but I thought yeah. that's not a true reflection of me. Yeah. So I went back and then said what I had to say. However, me and particular individual I'd met before, and I gave him the platform. I said, say what you gotta say. Mm. There was no ammunition, or there was no animosity. I just said, even if you have to go around the corner and talk, just get it off your chest. Yeah. I'm cool. I get it. But yeah, he. 
chose to deal with it differently, which I didn't respect. But I understand people have different ways of venting. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't my place to then be the aggressor. I just had to just take it on the chin. How did you lot end up squashing it and becoming friends again? We, again, we didn't speak for a long time. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to hurt him. But who would come out the worst off? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, <clears throat> I said, my friend said, D, leave it. Just leave it. The much you want to brock him up, you'll get satisfaction for that minute and the press will get hold of you and then your life's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No redemption. So that's when I learned that stop listening. At certain times, just don't react. Mm. When it's noisy, just pull back and listen to see what's going on. Mm. Sleep it off, come out the next day and then look for a solution. But that's come with age. But me, a youngster, I would have just lost my... Sh- yeah. just lost it. You know? A lot of things come with age, man. Yeah, you just, I would have just lost it. So... We um, met at a party. He didn't realise I was there. <laughs> and he walked in and he froze. But gold, gold tooth or no gold tooth? No gold tooth. Oh, okay, gold cool, tooth, cool. D, I would have been a different guy. It's a less intimidate. Yeah. And I was with the wife and the kids. I was like... Oh, okay, okay. That's different. And I all correct to my wife because she, she tamed me. I don't mean tell me in a bad way, but she taught me life. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a good man. Misses my wife. Mm. I'll give her credit for that because I was wild. I don't know upbringing. I had no behavior. I was just me and I just react. Yeah, I get what I want when I want. How it wasn't hard. Mm. You know, if I run, I get my money. If I want women, I get it. It wasn't hard for me at the time, but to then humble yourself and go from all of that to just that was hard. Because mm-hmm. you're not used to anything else No you know I mean Because you've gone from A terrible situation To I am who I am And I get what I get And then to this Things said the and same And I always say that's The hard I think Sorry it's hard, bro. I feel like that's harder Going from You know what I mean Not having anything or Whatever to being there That's easy Because you literally Shoot up to whatever But bringing yourself To a yeah, point where you have to down. You know I mean Where you're intentional yeah. With what you do Where you choose to be yeah. A not, certain not way Where you, you learn To yeah. be a certain way Where You know what I mean You're like I could be A different way Because regardless of Anything that has happened You know what I mean One thing is You are Dwayne Chambers Till this day yeah. And when I say that Holds weight So like I said You can choose to be However you want to be But, but like I, I choose say, And that's choice choose. And that's what it, And that's the beauty of it Where you're like Most people don't understand What goes into you know what I mean Learning this And choosing Like I want to be here Yeah because at the end of the day You get what you want And you bang or you do whatever, then then what? Yeah. Mm. Did it come home a line and it's thing, a stress. Thing yeah. went through that um example. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of come to a point you're like, do I need to do this? And then it also depends on the people you hang around with. Because yep. certain men, them they ain't trying to see you progress. Cause they want to see you stay where you where mm. they are. Cause they haven't got the ability or the drive or the courage to step up and stop their behavior. So they carry on with that behavior. So it's only when I start to hang around with certain people and I listen to where they talk. Mm. They're like, they're, they're man chat different. And I like, I liked it. And mm. then I looked at their lifestyle, <coughs> they go on holiday when they want. They buy what they want. And I said, why can't I have that? When I ask that question, they're like, it's up to you. You choose. Then I listened to this podcast and the man said, for things to change, first you must change. Mm-hmm. It starts with you first 100% Because mm-hmm. how you look at things Starts to change There you go Yep And also what you see as possible For example like You had to see people Going on holiday Whenever they wanted Yeah Whenever they wanted For you to believe 
it's possible. Remember, it goes back to the beginning of your vision board. Mm-hmm. Like, what, you, happened? what you saw your vision board is what you saw. Now you start hanging around people that what you, what they believed and what they said you wanted and now it became reality. Even, even like animosity, like, you know, like, for example, back in the day, like you said, when mm. you were the hothead and you might, disrespect might come your way. Mm. You attack it and mm. on. That's like a lot of kids now nowadays. Like, yeah, they lack the discipline. That discipline, they feel like, oh, this is a disrespect. And you know, like sometimes you listen to like someone who's like 15, 16, talk about disrespect in the hood or in the ends or whatever. And you're like, you're vexed because of that. But unfortunately, remember, sorry to cut you. Yeah, the thing is, unfortunately, as men, the only, f- um, certain things are not celebrated. So for example, like crying or speaking about certain things are not celebrated. The only thing to celebrate is anger. Mm. When, a, when a man loses it on a man, like and your a, show of power. Yeah, when a man does something Dominance. like mad or something, man, your man rate that. So, yeah, I know, but so I'm as saying... you get older, like you develop a technique where it's like any disrespect, I know I'm going to get rated for it. And no, that's and how I deal with stuff. It, you know what I'm saying? Funny you should say that, and you should say that. And I think, you know what I mean? Maybe you might agree, maybe you might disagree. So, you know what I mean? Based on kind of um, the upbringing. So, you know what I mean? As black people, what is, you know what I mean? Look at your upbringing, your family. What was the cardinal sin in your home? Disrespect. Mm-hmm. The one thing with your parents, disrespect was punishable. You know what I mean? The worst way your parents were. The one thing is you cannot disrespect me. So we grew up looking at disrespect as one of those things is when somebody disrespects you, mm-hmm. you deal with it properly. So it's one of those things where in a controlled environment, in your home, whatever, it's harmless it's beat, for the most a, part. Or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's harmless in your home. Because it's in a controlled environment. But then what happens is you leave your home and when somebody disrespects you, the first thing that pops in your mind is, you know what I mean? You don't take disrespect. Wherever we come from, you don't take disrespect. And it's one of those things where yeah. you don't, we, we, we don't even think about it as a big thing like that. But we've been our whole lives, you know what I mean? As, you know what I mean? Black Brits, I don't know if it extends to America, wherever we can speak to for what we know. But... Disrespect is one of those things that you've been conditioned to believe is you do not let that slide. You know what I mean? Your parents don't let disrespect slide. Mm. Your teachers don't let disrespect slide. You know, well, we need community. to change this narrative on that. Because exactly. Because it's dangerous. It's those, very dangerous. Because these kids take it out onto Personally, the streets and then yeah, you, like, you step on my shoes, that's disrespect. You bump into me, that's disrespect. But that's, but that's the point I was trying to make. So for example, <laughs> the level of disrespect is different now. So someone, yeah. someone could be standing right next to you and whispering in your ear telling you that because my man steps in your, on your shoes, that's a big disrespect. You're no, like, no, but no, I'm not but bothered. That's, but that's I'm not problem. bothered by but, it. But here's the mean? thing. Yeah, not, but, but the yeah. problem is, there's no metrics. Or, and I feel like that's where the problem is. There was no situation where, okay, it's just a small bit of disrespect. There's this punishment. It's a high level of disrespect. So with our parents, what in, in, in our home, it was great because it kept you out of trouble outside of the home because where your parents wanted to regulate you, what they didn't, Factor in is impact that's how outside. you then start to deal with things yep. when outside. you leave, uh, where there correct. is no there's disrespect here, there's disrespect here. All of this is disrespect, and they're not taught how to handle exactly. that or to get out clause. And, uh, and the way your you parents know? would deal with it is if I, you know, what I mean, literally, if I'm fierce here, if you if if you do this and I regulate you here, you're not going to do this. So literally, I don't want it to get to a point where I have to deal with you here. So if I, you know, what I mean, give you everything here. You will never get to this. So when you go out there and people do stuff, you know what I mean? And they give you a level one. I don't want you to come back. You know what I mean? I don't want to deal with you at a level 10 or a level 100. You come at me at level one, I'm going to show you yeah, but also what I'm people, about. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you never come at There's no two. There's no yeah, three. But people you know what looking, I'm about. Yeah, but people start looking at you differently because they're like, yo, brother, why are you reacting like this? Because it's a level one disrespect. Wait, like, at least wait, let me get to level seven. That's what no, I'm saying. No, but, but you, this is no, it. But you say people look at that, but then some people, that's what I'm saying, but other people rate There's that a respect as in like, to it. Well, yeah, my man's a madman, you know. Yeah. My man's a buyer. And also, as well, remember, 
in your house, as Keith explained, like respect. There's no parameters. There's, you, with your mum, there's no. She wait for you but, to get but, to but a level but five. But when you're on road and you add a madman in there or someone who's unhinged into that scenario, finished. It goes from beating up someone to maybe stabbing someone. Yeah. It because you could have dealt with it here. Bro. And, and it's just it's just and then it's just a can of worms, bro. And then it's just then remember, then something happens to you, then it's over there, that side, they respond, and it's just because you've never been taught how to regulate, mm. you know what I mean, those mm. things. You know what I mean? You've never been told that there's level one, two, three, four, and there's proportionality in how you deal with things. People are like, they always told you you deal with it. So no one's ever said to you, this is how you deal with this, this is how yeah, you that's deal what with it. You deal with how it. How to deal with it. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. Look. My kids say, I'm not giving up my phone. I said, I can buy you another phone, you know, but I can't buy you back. Yeah. So I said to them, if you ever get caught in a situation and they want the phone, give them the phone. If they're still agging you, talk. I said, step number three, keep talking and you look for, find a gap. When you find that gap, Go on. you run. Go on. So I give them a three-step strategy yep. to everything because some of these kids aren't going to listen and they're too proud about their trainers and all this stuff, but I think that there's more to life than that. And I think once the narrative changes and people not reacting to disrespect, mm-hmm. you earn more respect. Yep. But then there's going to be those who are going to be like, how you let the man disrespect you like that and don't reality, react? I don't need it's not to a react. big deal. I but you know what I mean? You tell people, you don't need to react. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Where people are like, couldn't be me. Fine, you're not me. You know what I mean? I'm okay with that because it's not that big of a deal. I'll give you like a real life scenario that, you know what I mean, I saw on... Um, you know, people send me screenshots of the nose thing. And I ended up down a rabbit hole where I was, you know, I think somebody stabbed him or whatever. People calling him a snitch and this, this, this. And I was reading through the tweets. And you know what the craziest thing is? People are, uh, you know, where it was, cause, you know, when you, you're reading, you I don't even know if this is what happened when people are, he's gone and he's hidden <coughs> in the bathroom. <coughs> this is this. And I sat there and I was like, there's so many just normal, regular civilians, people talking about, you know what I mean? Uh, how can you, you know what I mean? Um, I heard he snitched, but it's cool because he's he's a singer and this. But you know, what I mean, it was the use of that word. You know, what I mean, where you you know, you grow up in a certain situation. I was like, regular people were referring him, referring to him. You know, what I mean, using a word mm. that doesn't apply to you know, what I mean, yeah, to regular people in life. Yeah. You know, what I mean, and I sat there and you're like, how do you then come out of this if we use those kind of words or we see people that work in retail? You know what I mean? And But then again, you start to realize it's so deeply ingrained that, Mm. you know what I mean? You're like, people don't even realize that you use certain words, you can't come out of something. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Even in trying to defend me, you're still calling me a snitch. And it's unfair and it's unfortunate to see it's only happening amongst black people. And this is what it is. You don't see the Jewish fighting like that. You don't see the Chinese. You don't see the Indians. Nope. So why are we... Because we don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I'll do everything to try and have a black manager or a black businessman. But Scary. in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't trust him. And for me... And I don't know why I feel this way. No, but you know, We've no. had this conversation before. Um, there's a time where um, we were talking about owning a bar mm-hmm. and me and him have conversations about, like, for example, owning an establishment and then we and then a lot of us complain about the risk assessment that comes behind whether but someone... But you know the people that will cause dark, you the most But problems. I know the people that will cause us the most stress and unfortunately it's, it's people not that like people. me. So yeah. It's not this, it's not so, that. And, and, also, and also there's another there's another layer to it where it might not be my people, but the way the authorities deal with me because I'm dealing with my people is not worth the stress. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no leeway. Yeah. So <clears throat> as much as I'm defending your corner, I still have to face my man. Yeah. Can I trust you enough to face my man and say, all right, cool. But I'm, I'm going to let you in in the tracksuit bottoms here, yeah, but please don't cause no trouble. 
then trouble gets uh, kicks, kicks off. And then I look at who done it. It's the guy with the tracksuit. Yeah. Me and Anton had this Jesus conversation Christ. literally just today, and we had a really candid conversation where we we're talking about um, um, kind of um, the treatment. Oh, it was off the back of a ZZ tweet where I think she tweeted something about showing like how black people showing uh, videos of people fighting a carnival. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Like, how would why would you show it? Mm. Um, you know what I mean to basically the outside of the black community. So, you know, me and Anton had, uh, this was one of my friends, we had opposing views. So Ant was like, no, he's cool. He, he agrees with the, with the post because in, in sense he was like, yeah, you shouldn't be showing that outside. And for me, I was like, you know what? I don't agree. And I was like, not because I don't think that is the way it should be dealt with, but because I was like, what then happens in situations like that is, so let's say things happen and we don't want the outside world to see it because they judge us a certain mm-hmm. way. What then happens? I was like, in our community, it doesn't get dealt with. So it's not like we're like, when we don't want to show the outside world that this is happening because we will deal with it yeah, within yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we deal with our own issues. We don't need the outside world interfering. Mm-hmm. No, there's no dealing with it. We just don't want to show the outside world what's going on in here. Like, fine. But then what happens after? Because what then happens is it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And eventually nobody has to show the outside world. It's because they see it. And by the time the outside world sees it, it is so bad Outside world is like you see. Also, we I, told you about these I, people, but it's so bad that even we then can't defend these things. And sorry, we have got no your, control over our actions exactly. And then so what? This yeah. until we control our actions and we communicate. That's a problem. We do not communicate. Yep, because we're so but focused on looking good for one. Yeah, and our image and individual we feel yeah. hard done by what's happened yeah. what has happened yeah mm-hmm. but we also have to be willing to deal with situations amongst ourselves you know what I mean where you know when people talk about it takes a village to raise a child you know what I mean people say this but no one ever raises the child because nobody wants to deal with other people's children and this 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 and this so it's one of those things where same thing I was talking about parents that don't want teachers talking to their kids a certain way and I'm like that's fine but that leaves it all in your hands mm-hmm. so if you then don't do anything nobody regulates yeah, your kid yeah, yeah. you know what I mean so we don't want to police police in our communities because police a certain way we don't want the police dealing with things so I tell people if you actively then protest police dealing with this this and this it leaves the onus on us but even which correct. means we have to do something but, people then don't do anything so we go out there and we protest we're like but, screw the police we don't want them in our communities and then no one does but like, even growing up like if I was to bunk school or something and I saw like someone that my mum knew or uncle and I, I was Human, because mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. you're going to hear it's it. getting back mm-hmm. immediately. Yep. Whereas kids now can just see you. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, don't chat to me because they know that. Because t- technically speaking, a lot of people now will be like, "It's not my kid. I'm minding my own business." Bro. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very the way things are is very different now. Like back in the day, like that person would probably be at your mum or dad's house by the time you get there, <laughs> <laughs> looking at you on the. I'm looking at you. They'll beat you. Like, 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 what do we have here? Yeah. Like, they give you the opportunity Bro, to go. Because now, you know, now I live in well, Royal Wharf, Newham, it's Newham Borough. So I went to uh, I was in Tesco, Galleons Reach, mm. big Tesco, big yeah, Tesco, yeah, Newham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what that is. So I'm in Tesco, whatever. I'm walking around, you know, getting my groceries or whatever. Like seven kids, you know what I mean? Seven black kids, hoodies, whatever, on scooters. No, the e-scooters. Mm. Inside the store. On the side. Yeah, the but store. they do this TikTok where they ride bikes riding, inside the store. Bro, they're in the scooters, running around, yes. you know what I mean? You know, it's bumping into man and or whatever. The, and then when security fists them up, no, So for me, you know what I mean? They're moving around. You know what I thought to myself? I wanted to say something. And then I thought to myself, nah, they stab people. Yeah, they stab. Mm. Bro, it's I sat mad, there, isn't it? think about it. I they sat stab. there and I was like, and you know when you're like, I can't even have a conversation stab, with bro. But back, back in the day. Because like I was terrible, bro. Mum's life. I sat there and I was like, I looked at these 
than 14 to no older than 16, 17. And I sat there and I was like, nah. That's what I'm Leave saying. But back in our day, someone would said to you, get off this school. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? You. Like, and then that's it. And also my thing is, like kid, I don't know if you saw the thing the other day where the kid ran into the sweet shop Mm-hmm. Like licking bare like, what, do you are you, think? what are you doing? Yeah. But like, like, as a person, you're scared. If you were there, you would have thought to yourself. No, I'm not even that. I'm, I'm looking at it like, I get, I get it. As a kid, we were troublesome. We'd we, like we done things that we shouldn't have done, but there was a level of respect for adults. establishments, adults. And it's just like... No. And there's a level of not what, wanting like, to shame your family. No, do you know what it is? But we've, we've fought so long for like, not equal rights, but as in like, as black people as... We've been marginalised, isn't that? It's like you sort of just coming to fuck up the thing, man. Like, loud, given man. Us equal rights, but we're not utilising it. We've just, they've given us what we wanted, mm-hmm. knowing that we're going to squander it. It's like giving us a billion pounds. We're just going to spend it and put they it back in their you pockets. Know, a, a rope to hang yourself. So we need better education, mm-hmm. but that's not going to come from the foundations that are in place. The problem we have, the parents are going to educate their kids. This is the problem. Too concerned about looking good and going out. I see, that, I see that too concerned and looking good part. That the part I don't like here is when people act as if they're perfect. None of us are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and try and judge other people. Because what, happens, it, yeah. what happens now is when someone does go through something and it, it looks bad on all of us, instead of being able to just console that person and say, do you know what? It happens... We got you, da 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 da. We want to just exile that person. Then everyone's acting like this. Everyone's acting like, oh my God. But but these times we're not. It's just like, yo, my man messed up. Let's embrace him. Let's tell him, show him the ways, or he or she, show him the ways that they went wrong. This is how you need to fix it. And then boom, cut through. Like, no one's perfect. Having a conversation with your kids where your kid comes home, you know what I mean? He's had a situation in school. You as a parent can say to him, you know what I mean? There's that certain times fault. where you can be like, this was the teacher, or you sometimes you're like, this was your fault. Mm. But a lot of parents where, you know what I mean, it's literally like, my kid would never do that. My kid is perfect in this and but this. But a lot of these parents nowadays are carrying issues from their past too. Mm-hmm. So if they're not dealing with their issues, how can they give advice to their kids? So it's literally oh, offloading. You know this is what's happening. It reminded me of something. So Brent, do you remember the conversation I had on the day after? When I, I spoke very candidly about my dad, yeah? So my uncle called me. My uncle's late 40s. And he said, I'll see the clip on TikTok because his son seen it, showed it to him. He's like, oh, I know that. I know him. Like, I've, I essentially mm. raised the kind of thing. Mm. And then he said he watched the whole thing and he, he said he had to call me because he was like, it's so mad because I didn't know that's what you were going through. I didn't know that's what you were going through with yeah. your dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm dead. Hello to your dad. Hello to your mom. He goes, even me now as a nearly 50-year-old man, I struggle to talk to my dad. My dad's always calling me, telling me do this, telling me do that. And I'm just like, just nodding. Whereas you had the courage to stand up to him. There's a lot of men your age and my age mm-hmm. that are looking at you saying, brother, amazing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, a, a lot of parents in that generation don't want to listen. No, they don't want to hear you. No, because remember, it, I don't, it's but not- once you say something, they will change. Mm. It took me a long time to say to my dad, I'm not doing this no more. And it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. But it feels like, no. I had like, to no. do it. Mm. Yeah, like, and the moment I'd done it, guess who changed? My dad changed. Mm-hmm. But within two years of having that conversation, he died. But you have to break that mold. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because whatever you do, you set the trend for change. Mm. And, I, and I think it's how you do it. If you do it respectfully, it's like if Correct. you're rude and you tell a man, shut up, yeah, don't do that. it's cool. But you can they, they get to a point where you're like, listen, you know I'm a man or I'm getting older. You can't keep doing this because like, the, even if you're hard-headed, it will go in. So like, you might not hear it then. But it will sink but in. But he'll be sitting down yeah. and then he'll just, day, it'll, 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 it'll replay it. and he'll be like, it's yep. true, you know, I've been harsh. Because remember, sometimes people reflect. You could be like, I mean, you can have a mad argument today. Mad argument. 
I think I'm right. You think you're right. We can both go away. When we calm down tomorrow, I might start thinking, oh, mm-hmm. I was a bit harsh on mm-hmm. Tej, you know? Mm-hmm. You might start thinking, yeah, I shouldn't have said that mm-hmm. to Marv. All it just takes is, because remember, once you get that moment where, like, as you said, the voices die down and you hear the, mm-hmm. the little voices, mm-hmm. I mean, the noise dies down and you hear the voices, you calm down and calm you kind of like process stuff. The it next step is one it. of you has to make that move. Yeah. That's when we get a little bit stubborn, but I've learned, I've become that person that crosses the builds that bridge and said, look, you know what I've done wrong. So I always enter in a hostile environment with a calm persona. But then can you also, but also you do realise that even though you've entered that um, scenario with calm persona, that doesn't necessarily mean that the other person's going to And that, no, this, it doesn't. But for you, but but I feel like people forget that yet. part as well. Yeah, but Just because you apologise doesn't mean I have to accept yeah, it. And it might not, but and it allows me to say my piece mm. and I've got it off my chest. And have yeah. peace with yourself. And but I've it gives you the opportunity mm. that one day you may... You know what I mean? See things differently, and you know that you know what I mean. It's open to no, no, no. I just, I just yeah. said no, no, no. I understand people yeah. listening because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that get into situation when they were ready to deal with it. And it's like yeah, no, 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 just because you said something doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like I'm saying, I, I, I've I, now created an environment where let's say me and Marv, was, mm. me and Marv have a disagreement. If I'm in the wrong, you know what I mean. I create an environment where Marv is pissed, but you know what I mean. If Marv ever gets to a point where he decides to be cool with it, he can then come back because I've built that bridge where he can cross it when he's ready. To cross mm. it, you know what I mean. So, I, I, like you said, some people feel like just because I built the bridge, I have to cross, cross it now. It now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally, and, and, they, get, and they get upset if you don't cross it. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's, that's another no, problem. That, yeah. That's yeah. why problem. I say sorry. So that one, and that's like, it. Yo. You know what I mean? You're not apologetic. It's more like you know what I mean. You want to kind of control. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, I have done wrong. So literally, it's one of those ones. I apologize, and I'm creating a situation. Mm. You know what I mean? Where one day it's we could be cool, cool mm. or whatever. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. But within yourself, you're like, I can live within mm. myself and I can move forward knowing that, you know what I mean? I accepted what I did. You know what I mean? I, I acknowledged what I did. I confronted what I did. And then I've come to you, you know what I mean? I apologize sincerely and I've created a situation. And you've where, also got to be careful with your, your, your terminology of language. Yes. So again, listen to podcasts. Again, I'm not a strongest reader, but I listen to audio books. I drive a lot. So I just listen. And this podcast was saying, be careful how you approach certain situations. So if you can see somebody's upset, you don't go and say, what's wrong with you? You say, What's bothering you? Yeah. Because you saying what's wrong with you could make them feel that you're... Like, you're you're saying something yeah. wrong with them. And you're attacking yeah. them as yeah. well. Yeah, you're so saying, again, yeah. it's just terminal of language and how you approach the situation, your body language. If you're going into an environment with anxiety in your energy, they feed on that. Mm. So I'll always make sure I kind of rehearse before I go into mm, a situation yeah. and I kind of play out scenarios and how I'm going to respond to certain things. And mm. if they fire up, I'd stay quiet. Because if you if they fire up in your firing, nothing gets resolved. Mm. So when they're shouting, I just stay quiet. Yep. Funny enough, I learned this from my wife because I used to be so tight-lipped. It would drive her insane because I wouldn't talk. But I learned once she got it off her chest, it took me days to then digest it and then come back. But I then learned to stay quiet. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. Can I say my part now? Yeah, process it. Yeah. And then process it. Because I'm not... I quit responding with argument. I can't argue. I don't know how to do that. But I learned to just relax, listen to it because more time when my wife's vexed with me is because I've done something wrong. Yeah. More time. I'm not listening. So I've just said, okay, I, I acknowledge what you said. Um, how do we move forward? What do you think I need to do better next time? Mm. So when I talk to her like that, I then get the response I want from her. Yeah, but what if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you've done anything wrong? See, that's where... Well, then I would say, you know what, I'm not in the wrong here because of X, Y, and Z. But she's still demanding change. No, but... but, but, but I think, and then that sometimes that's just... 
how the situation may be, but if I feel strongly about what I've done, I'm going to argue my point. Yeah. Mm. But you know, I feel, I feel like what Dwayne's saying, the same thing with my dad, when they used to always say, he always had this calm demeanor. So anytime something mad happened or there was an argument, I never heard my dad shout. Mm. Because he was like, yo, what are we shouting for? Mm. Let's talk. Let's talk. And then that already would create like a calm and a mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, my mum my mom would be more fiery and be mm-hmm. like, what? So already, if me and Dwayne have got an issue and I come in his room and I'm like, yo, Dwayne, what are you saying? Mm. Already, Dwayne's like, what would you mean? Yeah, you get your back up. Do you know what I'm saying? Really amped, yeah. Whereas if I come in and say, Dwayne, bruv, what's the problem, man? What's the mm. issue? Dwayne, even if he is on fire, he's seen me come in calm. calm he's going to be like, bro, I don't know how you address me. And I'm like, bro, but I didn't do it. Mm. Then it's a different conversation. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's very much like how you address something and how you come in. And with age, and, I'm kind of learning and that also, as well. also, that doesn't mean that you're excuse my friend you're a dickhead yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you're just you're just calm some people will see that yeah but that's a dickhead he's like no it's, no, it's not. not it's a certain level to maturity I think yeah. I think it depends on for example if I come in to, and I speak to Dwayne I'm like bro I'm not really feeling how you spoke to me and Dwayne's like are you don't take me for a dickhead hey don't be a, like then that's when it's like brother mm-hmm. like, but you can like, still you can still keep your no, you can but, but I think it's how you respond because remember in terms of man saying don't let man take you for a okay and he just leave yeah that's what I want to talk to me yeah yeah yeah, for me, like, and when they say that, you know, like, you're a dickhead, I, like my chun um, says, oh, that teacher's a racist. I said to Rocco, explain what racism means. And he couldn't. Mm-hmm. He's just using words that he, his he's friend uses. Yeah. So if your friend says to you, boy, you're a dickhead, like, explain what a dickhead looks like. Mm-hmm. And when you challenge them, they've got no response. Like, we see that on Twitter all the time. Every day, this, this, just this, that. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. But also, when they say they can't explain your words. But, 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 bro, deal it Explain it to me. What's that mean? Dealing with issues is just hard as a person. I feel like, especially as men, black, I can't speak just for black men, I say just men in general, is especially when you come from an environment where everything is just always heightened. So we come from an environment where you, you know what I mean, where you're, it's a you know, doggy dog world, where you always have to react with aggression because you're like, if I show weakness, I'm going to get, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going right to get eaten. You, you know what I mean? Because I go to bed at night and I wake up all right. Yeah. And for me, so I, 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 I then ended up in a situation where, so I went from one extreme to the other extreme, you know what I mean? And I actually ended up in problems where, you know what I mean? I've lost people, you know, lost, lost, you know what I mean? Partners over where for me, I went from, you know what I mean? Where I'd react erratically mm-hmm. to not caring. I would not even not caring where I just wouldn't speak for days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where and people wouldn't understand that. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Partner would, you know, take it like raw. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you speak to me or whatever? Mm-hmm. But in my mind, and I was like, because I w- didn't want to do the other thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't like Don't send me there. Cause yeah. but, my, but it's, it's <laughs> you know, but with people I'm like, I haven't learned an in-between. So I was like, I'm on a journey to learn the in-between. Mm-hmm. So I went from I could either do this or I could either do this. Neither of those things are yeah. good. You see what I'm saying? Because like, you you know, you go a couple of days without speaking to your partner or whatever. It's not a good thing. No. But I'm like, it's better than me losing my fucking yeah. wig. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I know which one. I prefer to. I prefer this one. But I know the best one is somewhere in the middle. Him, but I don't know it. Yeah. Nobody's taught me that. Yeah. I'm learning it. I don't know how to deal with certain things. I know that at that moment, I felt like It's better this, to keep this. You know what I mean? And I know <laughs> that if I didn't do this, I would have done this. Yeah. You would have been way angry at me if you for doing this. this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I picked this. But you're still mad at me because I've done this. And But like I said, it, it, it leaves me in a situation where I'm like, you know what? I'm in trouble. 
But at least I didn't do yeah, the other that one. That would erupt. You see I was, what I mean? But people just don't understand I was gonna that s- situation. I was going to mm. s- say two things. So before you mentioned that you don't know what happens in the um, like Asian community, white community, blah, blah, blah. They're on smoke still. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, like, they have their problems too. Let's not make it seem as if it's just us. I used to live, I used to live in Tower Hamlets. Them man on smoke still. Did you see the news about the 100-man machete the other day in East? Oh, no. Like yesterday or the day before? Oh, serious. There was a big fight. Bro, them man hundred man. But do you know the thing? It's another conversation we had today. So you know when you talk about, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say exceptions to the rules, things, anomalies and stuff like that. Mm. When you get to a madness, like, let me ask every single person in this room and you can answer however you feel like. Let's say, you know what I mean? White man, and there was a white man and an Asian man or, a, you know what I mean? A black person, someone that looks like you, you know what I mean? Of those people, like, if you were to get into a madness, whatever, you know what I mean? For you, who do you think is most likely to kill you? The one that looks like me. Based on, you know what I mean, the situations. I'm not saying that's no, right. No, the beef don't end where we and are. The man, I want to take you know what I mean? Take the next when week. So as different different when we were speaking with Ant, he brought up football. <laughs> he was like, football events, they have madnesses and this. And I was like, I hear that, but we are the only people that want to take it. Forever. You know what I mean? When Mandem don't leave it there. But, but PK wait, no, came in here, sorry to cut you off. PK came in here and he talk, talks about when he got the into fight. white madness with them white dollies and they battered him. And at the end of the fight, the guy was like, you know what I mean? You fought well. Let's keep leave it moving. Massa, give me a lift up. And he's looking at it like, what? Because in our community, it's like, that's not done. He's looking at it because PK was like, I wanted to get it. It's not done because I ain't won. Exactly. But this is how it works in our community where you're not winning, man. You know what I mean? Whoever wins that fight didn't win that fight. You know what I mean? Because you're going to go home and guys are going to be like, ah, oh, man. You see what I'm saying? But like I'm saying, at white events, like you said, man will punch each other up and so on and so on. But nine out of 10 times, you know what I mean? It ends there mm. with people in our community and stuff like that. It doesn't end there. And that's what I was saying to people. That is the difference. All of these things happen in different demographics or whatever. We are, and like I said, if anyone's listening to this and they can dispute this, if I'm chatting shit, if I'm lying, if I'm talking out of my ass, let me know. But it's always within our community where we take things a step too far. We've seen people take and not get let into raves and they come back and shoot up the place. Yeah. Is, am I guessing? Why did we do that? Man? This is my thing. People will come up and shoot up the place. People get ejected from a rave and they want to lock the whole dance off. You know, one of those ones where venues have lost their licenses because certain people have been, been let in. You know what I mean? Because they think to themselves, me, not get into here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm saying, like, we have such a permanent way of dealing with things. Same thing with when black people in our community don't like anything, we have to finish it. Yeah, collect- you know what I mean? collectively, collectively, as a, as a list, to, it's not enough for you. So to cut, it's not to enough not like for like, it. for example, if Keith doesn't like something, Keith, right, stop listening to it. No, but, he but had now, to rally up. But, but now Keith's like, no, nah, no, nah, everyone knows. I know anyone else to like it. Let's finish it. it. It's like, bro, like, what you, you like that? So now what we do is we rally up. So I will find another ten thousand people that don't like it. And we will spend all day shaming people that do. And by the time we were done, by the end of that day, no one that's gone. It. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's why I say, like, when you look at your situation then, if you were to have that situation now, it would have been so much harder to come back because of the way social media yeah. is. Like, you would have had these people camped out where you're now dealing with this and that. You know what I mean? Well, you have people that were four years old. You must when that see, happened, yeah. now they're 17 and they feel like he doesn't deserve yeah, that'd have been a wrap for me. I was gonna say, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's no, but that's the reality of it. And it's, you know what I mean with black people. I'm like, why are we so permanent in the way we deal with? Remember, um, Gorilla, the the film Idris Elba film, Idris Elba TV show, yeah, yeah. whatever. Black people didn't like certain things 
about the show because it had oh, I forgot what, you know what I mean it's I forgot Asian the Asian woman, lady's yeah. name yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean sorry for you know what I mean I forgot her name but people felt like it was wrongly depicted the way it was done they just felt like it could have been done differently or should have been done mm-hmm. differently whatever so instead of being a situation where like okay this was season one season two or season three or whatever anything you do further we feel should be like XYZ black people like boycott it fuck this show Fuck Idris Elba, fuck her, fuck everybody involved in the show. We're never watching it again. But what people don't then take into consideration is, you know what I mean? Let's Sky Atlantic. I remember Sky Atlantic is the channel that did it. They sit there, they think black shows are long. Because mm. if we do one, the risk versus reward is high. Because if we get it right, we succeed. If we get it wrong, we're finished. Because, you know what I mean? They will destroy it. You know what I mean? They will ruin it. So what is the point in us doing it if the risk versus reward? So like, there's no, the show can be okay. That's why we got no black children, no Desmond, no more. Because, no, because, you know what I mean? Because within our community, it has to be perfect. When I say, when I say perfect, that means every single person that watches it has to agree with it. Because if they don't, or if you have enough people that don't agree with it, you're finished. Or the wrong or the wrong character playing the wrong part. Oh, you know what I mean? Well, it's a little like thing, this. you know? And it's, so, and it's so mad, yeah, it's because they're just noisy. It could, there's some situations where they're just more noisy because mm-hmm. you could actually have more people that like it mm. or you're just focused but we on the can't people deal that with don't the drama. like it. And also, remember what Dwayne was saying about his life in terms of there was a point in time where he kept responding to the articles in a particular mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and it was giving him heat. So could have given the heat certain brands and race meetings away. Back, pulling away. So that's what happens so now with brands. So all it takes is for one person to say something and people jump on it. Yeah, and that's what happened now with brands and TV. It's just like, jump on it. People will be like, TV shows are like, it's getting too much heat. Let's allow it. And that's what happens. Could even, I know this is a bit off topic, but I don't know if you saw, you know that the chicken wing thing where they, they, you eat the hot chicken wings? It's like a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the spicy, uh, spicy ones. Spicy ones. And then there's one with Matt Damon. You see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope because Matt Damon was breaking down DVDs. Oh, for the, a second there, I didn't get what you mean. You mean hot wings? Yeah, well, yeah hot, hot wings. Hot ones, hot ones, hot ones. Oh, hot ones. I thought it was spicy. Hot ones. Yeah, it's hot wings though, isn't it? Hot ones. Yeah, wings, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, show sure is called hot ones. Oh, no, but I'm saying, but they eat chicken with hot yeah, wings, yeah. isn't it? And he was basically saying that a lot of um, film houses, back in the day, there was two uh, revenues of money. So it was like the cinema was one revenue. And they knew that once it came out of the cinema and it went on DVD, they'll get a second wave of money. Mm. So um, movie houses or production companies knew that we can make a, we can take more of a risk on this film because even if we don't hit the box office properly, we're going to get a second wave of DVDs. But it's like once DVDs became obsolete, mm. these um, production houses or film houses were like, we only get one wave of money now. Yeah. So there's no more gamble. Nope. We, we can't say, you know what? Let's gamble on that film because we'll get the money back with DVDs. Mm-mm. We can't. So we've got to be sure it's gonna that work. this film's going to hit in the box office because that's the so only way we're going to make. Everybody's so chance so of getting involved. That's reduced like the pool of movies because now, I mean, a, a producer or director would have been like, let's take a punt. Nope. Even if we don't make 100 mil, we'll we might make, make 20 mil on we don't, DVDs. If we don't make 100 mil at the box office, yeah, we can make we'll a, make 100 mil on DVDs. DVDs. But now it's now just, you don't have that. So that's why they all just go for the same actors, the same, same actors, the same film, now, that, now you need a similar a stories. Thing, you mm. know what it reminds me of? Um, you know when AJ lost uh, a few weeks ago, or one, two, three weeks ago, whatever it was, is a conversation about Anthony, um, not Anthony Joshua, Mayweather winning, losing was okay until Mayweather didn't lose. So now losing in boxing or you know what I mean combat sport is like, bro, you lost. Mm. But you know what I mean. Go back to Ali. Go back to Tyson. 
Go back to George Foreman. All of them, man, lost mm. at some point. Yeah, but Mayweather, nowadays, you know, bro, I will never forget, you know what I mean? I was on Snapchat after AJ lost to this one girl and I was like, you don't even know boxing like that. You know what I mean? She says like, like AJ, AJ shit. shit. And you know, Show it rattled me to the core because it was like, Bruh. And literally, like, you know, when you go on social media or whatever, and I was like, you can sit there and you're like, this wasn't his best fight. The last fight wasn't his best fight. This, this, this. But they were like, Anthony Joshua was shit. You know, when you look at this person, you're like, but bro, that's social media now. But no, but not even just social media, but it just shows you with people like, but you know what I mean? It's, we're in an environment now where you're not allowed to lose. You think about it. AJ has won more than he's lost. No. But in the grand scheme of things, when we look at it, but the way people speak of, like when you look at the way people speak of him in general, it kind of shows you that we live in an environment where you are not allowed to lose. Like who? But would these people say the same thing in his face? Never. People become Never. brave behind a screen exactly. or on a keypad. It's easy exactly. for them to say that they're not seen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying as well. That remember Social media. When, social media. When, when you're, for example, when you're racing now, back in the day, or when you're going through your trials and tribulations, only certain people had a voice. So other athletes, yeah, commentators, pundits had a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you only heard what, not, not people that were respected, but you heard people with a voice and an opinion, what they had to say. But nowadays, Everyone's given everyone a voice. So now everyone just talks. Everyone just talks. Have you seen the Serena interview where she's talking to she's talking to a reporter and he's grilling her and talking about her losses or you know something? I forgot what it was, but the way he was speaking to her was disparaging. And then she was like, "And that's why I'm Serena, and you who you are. You you know what I mean? You are who you are, and you could never do what I do." And literally, I think she was frustrated. Well, you're like, you've got you. There's any person that has never stepped in this arena. And do you want to then challenge me and speak? And you know when you're like, and usually, you know what I mean? She's cool. She'll speak well. But, but she's like, no. Who's being patronized? No. You'll speak. I'll find the link and I'll send it to you guys. But it's one, she laughs? No, no. That's the new one. And that's wavy as well. Oh, okay. But again, it's one of those things where she's looking at this dude and I'm like, you couldn't do what I do. You couldn't step into my arena yeah. and do what I do. But so don't come at me. sells now. That's yeah. the Because think about it. When you went through what you went through, you probably had, like, I'm sorry you were looking at articles. You look at people and you're like, whether I was on this or I wasn't on this, I'm you couldn't you. see me any you. day. Yeah, yeah, and you had people saying whatever they say, even other athletes, you know what I mean? You're like, I could have dusted you when I wasn't on this. So don't, you know, you look at people like, don't look at me. I was dusted you. I was dusted you, don't try it. Without the dope as well. Gold tooth, man was dusting, man, you know. So that's what happens. Because everyone then has, you know what I mean, something, and you know what I mean? And it gets to a point where you sit there and you're like, that's even Kanye though when he was when he dressed up the other day. Oh, uh, that bro, yeah, that then, is the funniest. And the, and the brother tweet. Universal said, "Ain't you hot?" And he's like, it, "You work it, at Universal." That's bro. why you work at Universal. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Kanye said, it, like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to defend Kanye again." Yeah. But, oh. No, 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 no. But someone tweeted something about um, Kim K. Is a lie being the, Huh? Oh, there's someone. There's someone tweeted in his like way, but it wasn't true. No, 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 it wasn't him tweeting. It wasn't him. Okay, cool. Someone else tweeted, basically reviewing the whole situation, basically saying, oh, just leave her alone. She's the creative now, blah, blah. And then someone quote tweeted and said, have you looked at her brand? Like Skims and all the other Kanye. things. This is all Kanye. Even, like, even, even though he, he dressed her like... Yeah, like... Wait, no, forget all of that. There's one interview, where, sorry, there's one interview where she sits down and she's explaining the creative direction of Skims, yeah? And she basically said that she just hired a team of people who all went onto social media and picked up all the trends. And there's like 10 campaigns. Kanye came and said, this is all rubbish. She was like, what? And obviously Kanye's the type of person that when he speaks, you listen. Even, even if he's mm. 
You say bipolar, world. allegedly, all of that stuff. You listen, innit? And he said, why why would you lot want to create the best out of the, what's the worst mm. out there? So just create what you want to create and make it the best. Let it sit in the market as unique and the best. That's when they came up with what they came up with. And all of a sudden, Kim's like, yeah, I can't take all credit. I mean, some of it has to go. No, all of it goes to Kanye. You can't take any credit. <laughs> but you know, forget all of it goes to Kanye. Forget all of that. Like, when you look at, you know, Marv, you're saying social media. So Kim Kardashian was the villain for a very long time. You know, when you look at people, the way people looked at, you know I mean, Kim Kardashian and so on. But she then became, you know what I mean, the innocent person where Kanye was involved because, you know, the way social media works is they look at, you know what I mean, um, you know what I mean, person, you know, non grata or whatever. I mean, Kanye is the person that is, you're the outcast at the moment. So anyone around you or anyone you deal with then becomes the victim, mm-hmm. essentially. Remember, before it was Kanye, anyone around Kim Kardashian was the victim. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, one of those ones where she became, you know what I mean, innocent the minute Kanye became the villain, essentially. You know what I mean? And that's how it works. Wow, Once wow. Kanye, you know what I mean? When you look, if you then, when, and this is the problem with these things, it's literally like, he who controls the narrative wins. Mm. And that's why I say to people, like, these people put us in a situation where they make us think in the way they want us to think. You know what I mean? They frame things. You know what I mean? Everything they put up about Kanye or whatever, everything they'll put up about Kim Kardashian, everything they'll put mm. up about whoever, you know what I mean? Anthony Joshua, this person, the way they want to frame it is the way we are supposed to see it. You know yeah, what I mean? Kim Kardashian was a villain for a very long time. She's the victim now. And you know, you think to yourself, how the fuck did that happen? You know, when you think then you sit there and you think, oh my God, Kim is all this. And you're like, but even and, the, I'm not, and I'm not saying she's not the victim, but it's literally like, wait. No, but even the, even the way people pick and choose victim, you're not even there. Marvin, when you're, Kim Kardashian got robbed, party, so do you remember when she got robbed yeah. in France or whatever? She wasn't, the people didn't give a shit. But like, they, you know what I mean? They, they, they still, made, the they still made her the villain. They, bro, people doing interviews with the guy with who the robbed, dude her. robbed her. Think about it. Saying how, how did you how did you plan it? What, what, They're laughing with the dude. Are oh, they caught him? Caught him. He's gone. Jail. Come out. He's doing yeah, interviews. Yeah, yeah. He's doing interviews. He's doing interviews. Come out. He's doing interviews. Yeah, he's on. He's on a press run. <laughs> but how we how, like basically the, how we planned it and all that Kardashian. stuff. Mm. But let one of us do that. Then what happens? Yeah, you know what I mean. Or let it be someone. Let's let it be someone who's not a villain. I was gonna say. Can we can we end on a positive? I'm gonna round up. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, but have you, have you got a book or anything like that? Yes, I wrote a book. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, this story you're telling... It yeah, has to be. Like, it has to be in a book. That book wasn't a... Wasn't a biography. Yeah, I've done it. But I want to do another one that puts me more into context and looks at life after. Okay, happened. I think it'll be sick to have the, before, yeah, during, during and after, because you're you're evolved as a person. And yeah. remember, you understand... Remember, though, if you were looking at the book back then, or you wrote the book back then, it would have you would have been in the book Whereas now you're older, you understand why you were doing certain yeah, things, yeah. what led you to do that, Correct. and it's kind of, you're at the other end, like, you know wish, what I'm saying? It sounds bad, but I wish we had both books. I wish we had the book before you came to terms with yeah, what that. you did. Because you I'm know what I mean? And I feel one. like those books would have been so great. Because yeah. you know one of those ones where you tell people you read this, and then you and read then that. You read but this. the yeah. funny bit, not even a book, I feel like if you were to have like a, like a mini film, like a bio. That's one that I want to do. I'm really you know? to a stage in my life now where... I'm going to put the time and effort into this. Yeah. Just like you said about Kanye, you create what you want and make it how you want it to be. Yeah. So when I do things now, I do it in the point that when I'm gone, it's still going to be a reference point. Mm. So I think long-term, I'm thinking whatever I put out, it has to last beyond me. Yeah. Mm. My skills can only take me so far. Mm-hmm. But the message I want to leave behind is what people can always use. Long-term. Long-term. Because I always refer to a phrase if the breadcrumbs of your message isn't being picked up by other people, then you need to change what you're saying. 100%. Do you know 
If you're saying something and people ain't picking it up and using it, then the message is nonsense. Mm-hmm. So whenever I talk, the breadcrumbs I leave, people are like, I like that one. I'm going to use it. Yeah. And that's what I do now. I just want to make sure I leave a lasting message. And there's an honesty and it's crazy, you know what I mean? Like there's an honesty about you that you don't see very often. Because like I said, you know what I mean? You've come to a point where you, you know what I mean? You've accepted, you know what I mean? Everything and how it's happened, you know what I mean? In your life. And, you know what I mean? You come across a lot of people that are still clinging on to I, I was it. hard done. Yeah, I was I this. It. I was that. You or, know what I mean? Because like you could have still been, yeah. like I said, you could have still been hanging on to that to this yeah. day to cling on to this because I want to do this, this, and this. But you get to a point, you know what I mean? You've gotten to a point in your life and it's genuine. You know, when you have a conversation with someone, you're like, this is genuine. This person has reached a point where you're like, I've done this. I have learned from it. And now you can learn from it. I've got um, my final question. Yeah. Um, so in the example um, podcast I, I listened to, Obviously, Stephen asked him, uh, mm. "What was it? What was the moment that made you?" Hmm? He asked who? It's um, it's, it's Stephen Bartlett, the guy who does yeah, the diary. Yeah. He asked example. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, he asked him basically. Obviously, you were doing because example says the same thing, similar. Like he got everything, money, women, car, all of that stuff. He was enjoying. So you said, "What was the one moment? The one moment that made you think, nah, I need to stop this?" And he said, "His mum came to him and said, I 'I don't like this person you become,' and started crying." That was when he said, you know what? Things need to change. So what was your moment where you could say, you know what? I'm going to stop lying, man. This is the truth. This is me. Or, 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 you, or just changed you around, isn't it? Yeah, Made you like, say, you know what? It, my son, my first child, they got to a point where I was just reckless. I had my kid, I was still reckless. And my missus said, you've got a choice. You can either be here for him or not be there for him. And I grew up without my dad. And I didn't want Sky to have somebody else. Yeah. And I thought, no. And it took a lot of courage because I knew it meant I had to get rid of everything else, which I loved. And there's a part, person in me that still loves all of that. I'm not no different. I've got multiple personalities. Some of me likes to drink, like with all this madness, but is it worth to, it? Yeah, I have to tame them. Mm. I have to leave them locked up. So when they come knocking on the door, like, do you want to go out? Sometimes I have to suffice and say, all right, child, we go out tonight. Yeah. But some of them, I have to just lock them off. I have to be stern with some of my personalities. Mm. Yeah. And when she said, you can either be here or be gone, I thought, I sat there and I thought, I have to be here. Yeah, I've got to be here. I've got to be here. Be Sometimes you need an ultimatum, boy. Yeah, it... it it put me in a spot and I thought, yeah. she's talking to me in a way different because all the other guys are like, yeah, I'll do anything for you. And, and she's telling you she like... She just told me plain. That's what I'm saying to you, She just told you like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You don't want me to chat to you on a level, man. All these guys are saying yes, yes around you. You know, know what I'm saying? You know, but you know what's crazy? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? Because, you know, I feel like it's, you know, when someone says to you, you know what I mean? For you, it was more than just, you don't want to be this. It's literally like, do you want to be a dad? Yeah, it was just like, this is your And options. you know, you're like, I don't want to be Yeah, that. I, I couldn't... When I sat down and, thought to, I sat, and I said to myself, D, do you want to have, be a part of this or not? Yeah. And I said, I want to be a part of it. I love it. And that was it. So I watched the video the other day, um, Terrell Owens. Um, you might have seen it. You might have no, seen it as well. Terrell Owens, you know what I mean? He ran 40-yard dash. At 44. It wasn't 4.4. 4. No, he was... 4.39. No, he's 44. Yeah, he's 40. So Terrell, it's 48. 44. Oh, it's 48. It? So he's 48. He ran a four a 40-yard dash in 4. He it was literally 4.3. I think it's 37 or 39. It actually, he said 4.4. They were like, no, it was less than 4.4 seconds. So he ran That's his 40-yard dash. Man. Do you have you had any moments? Let me show you. 
Let me show you. It's crazy, bro. I love the video here yeah, because he just went crazy. 48. And I think when I looked at you, it reminded me of this. He's gifted. Have you had any moments, you know what I mean, where you had to blaze the kids and you showed them yeah, like, the you know what I mean? You, have to, time, you know, you bro. have to show them. Don't think <laughs> you got it. You know, you have to show them. Don't think, <laughs> don't, don't think I ain't got this shit no more. <laughs> I know I'm genetically gifted to be putting this up to do one thing. Obviously, I've changed my life now, but I know I'm engineer for speed. Yeah. But I realized that's only going to take me so far. But I always dust out my kids. You gotta let them know, like, <laughs> dust them you know, you have, to let, you have to hug yeah, them. Yeah, I dust them out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, them the out, moment man. you're like, yeah. hey, man, hey, man, do it. Do it in the car, like, I'm just tear up. But in the moment, sometimes you have to show them, I still got. I still got this, man. And that's the. Because I don't get, win many races. So when I get them little bonuses there, boy, I so I'd say, okay. it kind of feeds the ego yeah, and like, yeah. feeds and the spirit. Now, so like I said, you know what I mean? In terms of, okay, where you're at in life now, you know what I mean? In terms of running or whatever, have you set not even records or whatever, what's the best you've achieved in recent times where you look at it and you're like, I can live with that? You know what? I recently took part in the British National Championships this mm-hmm. year in Manchester. And for my age, 44, I ran 10.5. Ooh. Which ain't slow for a 44-year-old. It ain't slow for nobody, but... It ain't slow. <laughs> you know, you said, that, you said that ain't slow for a 44-year-old. That ain't 44. slow for nobody. 10.4. 10.5. But... Bro, that's point couple seconds, bro. Think about it. You said you did 9.7 something, yeah, second, right? Yeah. Think about it. Taser, it's not a full second. What's your... Um, 10.5, Taser. 9.97 for the 100. So it's point six. So... Slower. It's still decent. 45. Mm. So... But... But... That doesn't suffice me like it used to now. Running was all I knew. It's all I had. So I didn't have a vision beyond running. Mm. Whereas now I've got my academy, the Dwayne Chambers Performance Academy. I have over 100 kids there. So Incredible. My responsibility is to them and my own kids. Love that. I want to create an environment where kids are encouraged to fish for themselves. Now you can give them fish or you can teach them to fish. Correct. We love that. And I'm all about that because I coach and I talk to kids the way I wish I was spoken to. Because once we're gone, these are going to be the next prime ministers and politicians. And yeah. if they haven't been given an alternative way to think, they're going to be too one-sided. Yeah. yeah. So whenever they're in a situation, I always encourage them to think another way. Yeah. So they'll come across that crossroad. When somebody says to them, yeah, I can take you from number five in the world to number one. You need I want to, them to be them able say, to say, you know what? I'm, I'm okay com- working okay. myself exactly. up to number but, one. But even it depends because exactly. someone can say, I want to take you from number five to number one, but it could be the right way. Good. It could be and true. Do you know what I'm saying? So you need to assess yeah. what's being said to you. But, right. And apply do you know what I'm saying? Thinking, and yeah. apply critical thinking and, and then even speak to someone about it. And with that, if you could ask that question, then you could say, okay, let me go home and think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speak to saying, someone. Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. it. Go home, digest it, research that person, find out a little bit more. Yeah. You know? So and also remember, there's always that saying that sometimes in life, if it's too good to be true, uh-huh. more times, unfortunately, like obviously there are um, exceptions to the rule but most times it is too good to be true all that glitter has is gold it's not uh, always but now, nah, man sometimes love for coming bronze, through, bronze, you know, love for coming through man. Good, this man. is actually a really good episode in terms of like because even when I spoke to my brother and I said Matty like, we were talking and it's like we didn't know the ins and outs of the story we didn't we just saw the, the outcome, band the it. outcome yeah. we didn't know what exactly happened so it shed quite a lot of light. Anyone even, who loves athletics or even knew the story, even if you didn't know the story, mm. 
you kind of know it now. Do even, you know what I'm even if you do what I did, so for example, when Marv confirmed that you were coming, um, I obviously went to YouTube to do a bit mm. of research. And like I said, mm. the stuff that you've got on YouTube that are like 10, 11 years old is different to the, what he's saying now. Mm. Because again, I guess it was like media training and his lawyer was telling him what to say. So if you actually want to kind of take in the growth, you can go and see those videos and be like, okay, cool, this is how the story played out then. Yeah. And then you listen to you now, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, this is what happened here. So. And also, yeah, regards interesting to your foundation, um, or the academy, the sorry, the academy. Um, are you taking more kids? How do people? Yeah, so sign up. My or? website is uh, www.chambersforsport.com. Okay, um, I've got all the information on there in terms of how kids can. Is it age group? It's from nine to twenty-one years of okay, age. Okay, we run tasting sessions the last week of every single month, okay. and effectively, we teach. It's a full athletics program. But ultimately, we're teaching kids life skills through sport. Okay. So when training gets hard, life gets hard, you still get up and carry on. But we trade, we create an environment where we talk about stuff. So when it gets difficult, you use us as a bouncing board. And from that, we, I've got my own competition events that I host. Uh, I want to create an environment where kids learn through sport because not every child can learn through school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, when I'm not going to lie, growing up, I believe I learned more life lessons when I was doing athletics and football mm. than I did actually at school because mm. school you only learn with books yeah. whereas with sport if we're losing it builds character like as in how do you bounce back from a loss right. when the chips are down do you go again when you're tired are you going to keep on pushing or are you going to allow it or there's so many things that you learn, you learn through with it. sport but you don't even realise because you're so happy and you're just doing it do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, what you're saying is true, actually. Yeah. So. so that's what I do now. And, and I'm just on a journey to just leave positive breadcrumbs mm. so people can pick up and learn from them. I like that, man. That's a nice, that's a nice ending to the pod, man. Uh, I am an athlete. <laughs> I, just wanna... I just want you to run for I, my country. I just want to run for my country. <laughs> That's enough, guys, for the represent my country. Daily Mail must have been fuming. Yeah, bro. No, you didn't think about it. Do you know what's funny? Journalists that's out there and you're out there trying to score some points. And all the other journalists are telling you that literally he's easy picking. You know, you know, you know what I mean? They're telling you you're gonna get you're gonna get an easy story. Bro, the first journalist to get that response must have been thinking. What I can compare it to, have you seen those videos where an ant finds some food and where someone will put some food down, the ant will find the food, go back to get his people to come get the food and the person will pick up the food and when the ant comes back, <laughs> there's nothing there. That's what that journalist was like. He's calling the person that told him and he's like, you said. Man, I swear, I swear it was here, you know. They knew them days, I was like, you filled up tables, bro. That's wild. They knew that, you know what I mean? You're struggling at work as a journalist. You know what I mean? Easy, easy, bro. When I think of like journalists and their boss, I think of my man from, what's my man's name? Spider-Man. Yeah, um, they planned it. You were Spider-Man. You were Spider-Man and they were out there. With a touch you, 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 <laughs> you were out there doing some Spider-Man. Right, bro. And the day you stopped doing Spider-Man, you know when they couldn't find Spider-Man? Yeah, you know what I mean? Hello, I'm Peter Parker and I am Spider-Man. Jesus, bro. We're getting nothing for No, but no. You know what I mean? That's absolutely incredible. When I feel like... Spider-Man saved seven families. Oh, God. Damn it. 
Yeah, but no, honestly, for me, this has definitely been one of Ooh, my, yeah, you know what I mean, favorite conversations in quite a while. Do you know the maddest thing is, like, the last few guests we've had... You don't have to indirect if Murray like that, bro. No, no, this guy's dumb. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, like, we're starting to get guests that, like, I live through their moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, for example, we had um, Lethal be on... Mm. And, okay. and, and People I, are not scared to and, come on here and, anymore. And, and, and yeah, that. But I live through. We've grown. Yeah, I, 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 I live through power <laughs> and oil. Yeah, yeah, so for you, it's like I've lived through your moment. Yeah. And yeah. We're gonna have I'm not gonna bait up other guests, but there's other guests that are gonna come through. That again, we've lived through their moment. Mm, so it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of mad because for us, it's sick because it's like we've got to the stage where like we're interviewing like the people who were. Like here are our peers now, as in like, because we're having a conversation. But like, if, you, if you're told me I'm going to have a conversation with Dwayne we'll Chambers ten years ago, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Never. oh, okay. Yeah. And we're here chopping up, like, yeah. and it's. Do you know what I'm saying? Can I? Can we? And I also want. Sorry to cut you off. And I also want to say it's one of those things where it's not even purely an interview. I like one of those things where we get to see you in your element. You know what I mean? We get to have a fucking conversation yeah, where, true. like I said, you go to somewhere where you know what I mean. We've got a list of questions. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like we want to have. As you can see with our conversation, it goes yeah, a million right. different ways. But I always feel like that's the best kind of conversation because I feel like it brings the best out of us and it brings the best out of you because it catches you off guard in a way. Course, you're like, this conversation has gone here, there. Uh, but I feel like people get to hear Dwayne Chambers in a way they they've never, never heard. Yeah. Yeah. And people, they've and listened pe- to you anywhere else. They never listened to yeah. this. And, and people get to see your personality. And there's there's no one that will go away from the interview and be like, I don't like that guy. Mm. Like everyone will be like, but you know what? Man's had a hard life. And he's come out the other side. So my last input is, um, so basically, I keep mentioning it, but it was because it was, whether we like it or not, it was a very impactful episode. But the episode with Keith Murray, there's some people have reached out to me and commended our... Um, handle, yeah, professionalism or handling. So I want to play a voice note of someone who sent it, and I, I, I hope he that doesn't mind. Ate my olives, and I was fuming. No, we, no, we saw it in real time. But bro, I was like, bro, you didn't give it. No, to sorry, me. sorry to cut you off. So literally, you know, I mean, not, you know, Keith Murray, you know, he, Keith yeah, Murray, he, he drank both your drinks as well, bro. He <laughs> drank my drink. He drank your drink. So literally, my drink was here. He didn't my one. So, you know what I mean? I've come in. I had these olives. He asked about the olives. You know, he was joking around. So I think he's playing around. Like olives, I was like you can have some. Cool. We're talking. Oh, so you offered him? Okay, cool. No, no, no. I said he can have some. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying, I, I, I thought he just no, no, said no, you no, no, no. No, he said you offered him. I offered him some. Yeah, no, but I don't know. No, I thought he just he them. picked up the whole thing. He and started he drinking it. And I was sitting there like he was drinking olive oil. He was drinking he olive oil. Ate, <laughs> no, <laughs> he ate the whole thing. Cool. Literally. You know what I mean? Cool. And olive kind of tangy and sour, though. Bro, bro, right he, right drew, he drank the whole thing. Cool. But going along, we've gotten to a point where he's asked for some apple juice or whatever. And I was like, yeah, grab your cup. I'm a boy, he's some apple juice, man. Grab the bottle. He grabbed it. Sipped it and I'll keep that. He drank it straight from the bottle, you know. I said, keep it. You know what I mean? I was like, to be, the funny thing is, as as off key as the interview was, I think it was still a good interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, as, in, sure. as in, the thing is, nah, because you, 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 you No, no, do you know what it is? He hasn't listened back to it. Listen, the thing is, sometimes. Okay, when, maybe because I was in the moment. When, 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 you're, when you're in the studio, sometimes, yeah. You didn't tell him what. <laughs> the dude wanted us to do the interview topless. No, nah, he was messing around at the beginning, man. No, no, no. no. If no, you started backing off, no, no, no. He said, yo, put top back on. Why? But listen, it was just random. Like he was doing things that it was, we started singing. We've never this three hundred and seventeen episodes. We've we never, never sang. sang. I have. I, I, I sing, bro. But it's not singing, bro. Yeah, no, we have. Huh? But let me play you, this voice note, though. Yeah, oh, he go, was go, like, go "Take your tops off, you know, Let's all do it." Yo, Taser, man, listen. And I posted it on Twitter, man. But yo, thank you again for this pod, man. You and the man, them. Like your professionalism, professionalism is out of this world, bro. I'm on the kind of older list, there, yeah. 
and I so I know Keith Murray is like my time and the character he is who he is for you guys to do the pod like, where it's unpredictable shows a lot of confidence shows a lot of professionalism and that like, you guys are built for this man and yo I'm not even going to be surprised the type of guests you get on there because you guys are ready for this man yo I'm just appreciative and you got family in Manchester man yeah thanks again Oh, wicked. Man, that's I sick, you know. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah, that drink? Yeah. drink champs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had to play that one. I had to play that one. I had to play that one. You know, 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 Yo. like, I feel like this is, you know, like, I love this because we, be nice. you, know, you know what I like about, not even being nice, I like how we view things differently mm. as people. Because I looked at this, I was like, for me, that was fucked from the beginning. So literally for me, it was <laughs> nah, like, we, we all, said fuck from the beginning. No, no, no. We all knew, but you know, like, no, 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 you, you know, man, you just read it You know, you know, yeah, you know yeah, like you're on a plane, yeah, and the plane's got mad turbulence. Some yeah. people, all three of us are like, experiencing oh, turbulence we're differently. Panicking, but I'm not looking at Taze or Keith. Because the moment we do, it's we know the plane fucks. So yeah. Everyone looked forward. That's what episode was. Everyone, everyone in their head was thinking, oh my God. Everyone was, just kept you on going. You didn't realize, you, you know, there was a point where I matched his energy. I was like, do you listen to Lil Zen? Because I'm like, if this is what we're doing, you know what I mean? I'm, I mean, I'm asking you to Yeah, but you got to remember, I, I, I clocked you were doing that, but he wasn't receiving it. So in his mind, you're... So in his mind, it was a question. Nah, he did, because he called you Harry Potter. Not even my for you know, about Harry Potter, man. Man said, you Harry Potter. He said, you're black Harry There was one point where a man said, black Malcolm X. Was he smoking? But we don't know. And was like, what? We had it, and it's funny because in that oh, moment, you know, and you're like, you know, what episode, be, I'm telling you. No, no, we paused because the nigga said, I'm the black. Look at, the, look at the talking points. It's a good episode. I'm telling you. Like, like, no, 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 I paused for a second. The no, part, but he got me because I nearly. Then Taser's gone. One of the funniest parts, it's not even a funny situation, but it was funny in the studio, was when we started talking about DMX and he goes, no, 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 one minute silence. I never put the head down. Are we looking at each other like, I'm doing the Kevin Hart. I'm, I'm looking at Kevin Hart. <laughs> 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 what? How long is this minute, bro? Uh, no, because well, he's over there, yeah, and, he, and he's doing this, like, he's reminiscing, like, he's like, no. you're listening to the album, bro. Oh, but, you know, I'm like, so when do we go back in? Like, no, but you're your God, because we were sitting there thinking, who decides when we come back in? Yeah. Who's going to bring the silence? Yeah, because you know what I mean? Because you're all sitting oh, here, like. God. Even the pod, like, when I edited it, <laughs> that minute, I'll cut that. Yeah, I don't even think about the chief, brother. Nah, the silence nah, was long, brother. Nah, 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 the nah, silence nah, was long, brother. People thinking, what? what nah, that, that, was about 15, that was 15 minutes, bro. <laughs> we were silent for like 15 we were, minutes. No, we bro. were quiet. No, you know, he had us, and I feel like it was it was a respect thing. Where you know, yeah, we were like even from the singing, Marvin would have been fine because Marvin loves to sing and play around. Me and Taser were there, like. Taylor, but, but, but no, I was hearing him. You, I was you know, him. you know, damn, I don't want him to sing. I can't lie though, the hat though. Oh yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on the feeling. Orange and blue. Keep on stay away. You know what? Respect. You know what? Have to respect. He was like, I bought you a hat. Bro, put put the hat on my head. Is it for Akeem? Keep that. 
horrible. I want to watch. Did you do? Horrible. Well, you do you learn anything from it? As in, like, do you, you find yourself the discipline and being regimented and staying on point, mm. and more so working as a team? Because if one of you screw up, you all screw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the art of war, you've got to work together as and be team. on point. Yeah. But in terms of doing it, I did it because I wanted to take myself out of my comfort zone. Because yeah. all I've ever known is running. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think you learn more by doing more. Mm. And I wanted to just see what it was like to do something. Because we're training, like, if you don't want to do the last rep, you'd be like, let me just yeah, yeah, yeah but just you can't bow out. You like, can't bow yeah, out. Because yeah, yeah. people depend on you. And also, you look weak. You want to show that you can go beyond. Mm. And I wanted to test myself. Because in training, I'd be like, oh, I'm tired today. I'll just leave it. There's no getting away with that. So when I got hurt, because I broke my ribs out there. Oh, wow. So I thought, do I come out now? Do I just carry on? So I just pushed myself as long as I could. Yeah. But it got to a point where this ain't gonna. Obviously, you gotta watch it to see some more, but. Break a rib, you know? Yeah. And you have no idea what it's like to hurt your rib because you can't laugh. You, you can't, can't breathe sneeze. properly because you're. I couldn't go to the toilet because you know you gotta squeeze. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Even for the, for the you couldn't. The ribs, you know? Yeah, it was finished. You never know how much you need something until you injure it. Lost it yeah. When you injure it, you're like, gee. I'm about to lose the rib. Yeah, Fuck it's horrible. You know. Horrible. Nah, definitely okay. gonna be watching this. Yeah, man. Right, so, cool. Channel 4, 9 p.m. every Sunday. It's out. Okay, dope. Alright, man. Yeah, man. We're here out. Thanks, Boom. Boom. Um, so, what time is the thing on um, Tuesday and Thursday? Oh, my academy every. Tuesday and Thursday, 5.30 to 6.30 at Lee Valley Athletic Centre, London N9OAR. You are now listening to the Three Shots of Tequila podcast with Marv Abbey, Mr. Exposed and Taser Black.